Welcome to Level 7, Episode 94, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome, agents. It's Agent Daniel Butcher, and we're not going to leave you hanging because I'm not here alone. It's me, Ben. And we're going to talk about Age of Ultron, finally. Finally? Well, when we say finally, it's only been like four days. Yeah, it's, it's not been that long. Although, I was going through my notes and there were things that I had forgotten happened. Well, and, and the rough thing is, is I had it. We, we messaged earlier tonight. I had a meeting, and then when it got done at work, I talked for 20 minutes about Age of Ultron. And then you like you said you did the same thing. I did. I had a meeting with my supervisor, and and then he said, okay, wait, wait, wait. Enough of this stuff. Let's talk about the important thing. What about Avengers? What do you think? <laughs> so, yeah. And there was a couple emails today from coworkers. Dude, what do you think? You know, I mean, it was it was the talk of the town around my workplace, and... My son is super excited to see it. He wants to set up the time that we're going to take his friends to see it like we did with Winter Soldier. Um, and my barber today, barber, haircutter, whatever you call them, stylist. Ooh, I, I definitely see you as a stylist guy. Yeah, I was sitting there and she said, so what? what what's your job? What do you do? And I said, well, I have, I have two jobs. I'm a, a children's pastor and a uh, comic book writer. Comic book writer, huh? Did you see Avengers? And then we proceeded to talk about Avengers. Or she proceeded to talk about Avengers, I should say. And um, I welcome her to our listenership. I did not tell her about the podcast. Uh, I didn't really have much time to tell her much of anything. She was a talker. Which is just oh. fine with me. When I'm in the chair getting my hair cut, go ahead. Talk to me all you want. I'll answer your questions. But I'm not really, you know, volunteering stuff. You're not a gabber. I'm not a gabber. Not 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 in the not when I'm getting my hair cut and I'm I'm focused on that. So you know what I think we need to do. What do we need to do? Let's gab in a mission report. Okay, because we have no news to talk about. I mean, we could talk about like no. records no. and stuff like that, but no, we have things we want to talk about. So mission report. Hopping to it. All right, tell me about... Oh, by the way, we're going to spoil everything. If you haven't seen Avengers Age of Ultron, go. Go see it now. Everything about this movie is fair game. We will not be able to cover everything about this movie, though. This was a packed movie. Walk away. Okay, they're back. Yeah, go see this movie. I mean, that's that's the important thing. Well, dude, they're already back. We need to ask them now, how did you enjoy it? How did you enjoy it after you left us and you came back? Okay, well, welcome back, I guess. Welcome back to Level 7. Hey, that's our sequel podcast. <laughs> well, you are already podcast. making master we, plans. We cancel, you know, the show gets canceled after season five, but then they start another show about some other element of something, and then we just call it Welcome Back to Level 7. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do have our plan for what happens after after our shows are gone. Yeah, well, stops. we're good till 2019. Yeah, and then we'll start no Swamp Thing the series. 
Welcome to Level Swamp. That was dumb. Okay, let's talk about this movie. This is a big movie, Daniel. How? When, when did you see it? I saw it on Thursday night and Friday. Oh, so you have seen it twice. I haven't. Yep. Man, I wanted to. I wanted to see it again before we talked about it, but I didn't get a chance. Yeah, too uh, bad for you. So Friday night, I went to the 7 o'clock show. I got to the theater, and the, the parking lot was full. I couldn't believe how many people were in this parking lot. And I go inside into the lobby. It's full. Concession lines are 20 people deep. I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking to myself, I'm here 7 o'clock on a Thursday. What's going on? And so there I am. I go into my theater. It's about two-thirds full. I found out that someone had actually rented out two of the auditoriums. Uh, for well, the, that's just crazy talk. Yeah, for well, it's for like some big business or something like that. So I was all worried that I was going to have to like sit off to the side. I got my good seat in the middle. And... Yeah, it, the couple wasn't there, but oh, thank heavens! Yeah, yeah. Well, well and in Thursday. my life, I've been debating whether or not it was a couple's date. Though the only people holding hands were me and someone you've podcast with, Kobe. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, hands to do. Okay, I can't sing. Yeah, well, let's talk about the movie. And what I look at as being one of the most disappointing openings of all time. Yeah, a disappointing opening of the team acting like they've been a team, doing nope. stuff like a team. Liked all that. Okay. And they're fighting like a team. Liked that. And they've been doing these missions, and these missions are to do what? Well, they're trying to find the staff. They've been trying to find the staff and shut down these little pockets of shield, or not shield, pockets uh, of Hydra. Hydra all over the place. And so this is that kind of final mission and we get a it's a james bond opening really it is it throws us right into it and i think it works really well but it ties into the actual story far more than any well the most i should say james bond openings do and it also ties into tuesday nights because let's remember uh our boy phil's been looking at slovakia mm-hmm. he discovered that there's stuff going on in slovakia or sokovia sokovia there you go and said it's time to call on the avengers to maria and so this really is most likely the effect of Phil's call. Right. He calls in and says, hey, I know they've been doing this around the world, apparently. Of course, we didn't know that they've been together more than this mission. But, yeah, he gives them the, the place to go and get this, the staff, the Loki staff with that crystal gem thing in it. So they fight. There's a lot of fighting. And then we get some enhanced in the field. And we get Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, who are not sent to fight against the Avengers. They go on their own. And we find out later on they have a motivation to go and, and to take on the Avengers, especially Tony. Well, and, and but I at do first like we're thinking, this. are they just rebellious? Or, or what's the deal? Did they run away? No, they, they're in the field. Yeah, and when you get to that motivation, it'll make more sense than it did in the comics. Yeah. Well... It just really kind of shined a light on how bad the Avengers Age of Ultron prelude comic was. It, how unneeded it was. Yeah. We did not need to see that. We just – all that stuff in that comic, we, we were fine with it happening off screen. It was yeah, 
so what we have here are two people who are enhanced. They've been experimented on. They're the only survivors of the experiment. Um, but they also have a reason and, and a, uh, well, frankly, they hate Tony Stark. And so they are more than happy to, to be with Hydra. And because Hydra is, is not happy with, you know, Tony Stark, they don't like Tony Stark. No one likes Tony Stark on the bad guy side. And most people don't like him on the good guy side. It's like they saw Iron Man 3. Yeah, we need to talk about Iron Man 3 when we get toward the end here. But Are you going to pat me on the back? For what? For being smart. You said he was done. No, no. Yes. I said it was useless because the way they ended, they make it seem like he's done when we all knew he wasn't done. Hmm. That's what I said. But that's not the way I read the ending. They read the. I read the ending of Iron Man three. He's he's driving off into the sunset with his stuff to start over again. He drives off into the sunset with one thing after he's blown up everything and says, "I don't need the suit. I am. I. You know, it's like lame. He doesn't need the suit because he can build all these suits that can think for themselves, which the world does not like. By the way. And I really love how Avengers Age of Ultron says, hey, you remember that whole character art in Iron Man 3? Yeah, don't worry. He's still that selfish little jerk. Yeah, but you know, can can we be fair here? I think that can be said about almost all of the movies that Tony Stark is in. He goes through a journey, and then at the beginning of the next movie that he's in, he's basically in the same place. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah. Because at the beginning of Iron Man 3, he's scared. He's a little less cocky and a little less sure of himself. And he's really gone into this protective mode. That's true. So Iron Man 3 is... the city of the Battle of New York. So Iron Man 3 is basically the movie that lets us start over again with him in the same place for Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. But they make it seem as if it's a conclusion of a trilogy. And he's learned all this stuff and he doesn't need his suits anymore because he just blew them up. And he's going to go be with his girl and he's going to be retired. You know, kind of like at the end of this movie. Yeah, if it weren't for the Avengers movie itself, though, it would be a trilogy. That's the one kind of – there's a sticky point here when you're getting into these multiple movies now. How many movies do we have? A bunch. You know, three Iron Man movies, two Captain America movies, two Thor movies, an Avengers movie. That's eight right there. You're Plus, not even counting Hulk in there. I'm not even counting Hulk. I'm not even counting Guardians of the Galaxy. and I'm not counting this movie here. And it is, you can kind of see, it's a, a little, we're bursting at the seams here with, we, the Iron Man trilogy is not a trilogy because you have, there's four of them. Avengers is an Iron Man movie. This I, is an I think Iron we're, Man movie. I think we're getting off base. We need to come back to this. All I'm saying is that Age of Ultron validates for me that the ending of Iron Man 3 is completely useless. And, and it validates I my went, reading of Iron Man 3. And I really want to talk about this battle of Slovakia and why I don't like it. Uh, so, I think you Sokovia. don't like it because it's actually Sokovia, yeah. yeah. So why don't you like it? Tell me why you don't like it. Because it's too cartoony. I'm Empire Strikes Back, man. Practical effects. And this whole segment on a very, very big screen was very clearly CGI to the point where it felt like a cartoon. Other scenes in the movie didn't feel that way to me. I was very, very nervous when I saw this opening scene that it was going to be a cartoon. Did you feel that way? You know, the Avengers is developed by Pixar. Did did you feel that way the second time too? No. And here's here's why I think why. 
screen was much smaller the second time. Yeah, because I didn't have that problem. I wasn't watching it on a huge screen. I was watching it on a regular one. It was two-dimensional. It wasn't 3D. Did you see 3D? Nope. Okay, neither did I. Neither time. But but I do think that the bigger screen pulls the frame apart enough that you can see, especially in this opening sequence, the CGI. I was talking to somebody else about it who also saw it on a bigger screen today, and they had the same sort of feeling. It felt as if, you know, it was Marvel's Avengers as done by Pixar. Not that that's a bad thing. Not that it wouldn't Uh, be. When it comes out to it, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't taken out like that. I was along for the ride. Now, I will say this, okay? There is one element of Age of Ultron. Maybe I should save it for the end. No, I'm going to say it right now. Avengers Age of Ultron reminded me of my 13 year old son, okay? And this opening scene is is what kind of started it for me. And why does it remind me of my 13 year old son? Because it's smart surprisingly deep sometimes but constantly having to say something funny after every single line i mean every single thing we say around our house my son has to say something funny sometimes it really is funny and he'll get a laugh out of us and sometimes we're just like you don't have to every time and that's what was happening here in this opening scene everything was a joke there was a punchline to every conversation and it's witty and it's pretty good, but it was kind of kind of wore on me, um, and it was inappropriate sometimes. For example, the, the one line that got a great laugh—I chuckled myself, but it felt like it was inappropriate. Where um, Captain America comes in and says, "We need to have a talk," and then they all you know start to shoot at him, and he he goes at them and he throws a shield or whatever, and then he's done. He says, "All right, good talk," and then you hear a little voice say, well, "No, it wasn't." That's uh, that was Iron Man. That was not Iron Man. That was Iron Man. No, it wasn't. It was one of the victims. It It was one of the guys laying down there. No, 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 no. It was Iron Man, not Captain America, who took them all down. Okay, well, okay. Whoever it was. did the targeting system. Okay, whoever it was, it was – that's where, for me, it got cartoony, is you wouldn't say that, you know? Well, and for me, this is where it began to take me back – bring me back into the movie because we were seeing more live action shots that were less CGI. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand that you have to use a lot of CGI in this movie. I just didn't want to be convinced that it looked like a cartoon when I saw it. Yeah. So I think we both have the same problem here at the beginning, but that's my one major nitpick. I have a plot nitpick later on. Again, it's nitpick because this movie, I'm I, I'm spoiling it right now. I loved it. The Ben, Ben, I, can I just tell you this I'm is sorry. maybe the first time in a long time that you and I agree oh, on an MCU movie. Maybe, maybe because you I, loved it as well. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't know where I would rank it. It's going up to the top, though. I mean, it's 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 up there with Ooh. the others. Yeah, I you know, maybe top five, but definitely not top one. Uh, not top one. I think that has to go to Winter Soldier right now yep. for me. But th- these are conversations we'd say for the end normally. But I'm I'm throwing it up here because I, I want to say you know this complaint about there's a joke every turn, every moment, every moment. Another punchline. Hey, we're having a conversation. Punchline. Hey, we're having a conversation. Punchline. Um, that's a nitpick because this is a movie that I really enjoyed myself. I laughed at those jokes. Here, you know, I'm just gonna pull back the curtain for everybody. I'm going to pull it back for all our fellow agents. Oh, don't pull it back too far. No, I'm going to pull I'm it back. We have pants. an outline. 
We have an outline. We do. But the problem is, is we're dying to talk about this movie with each other. And so this is going to be at times organic. And we're going to go down these routes. And our outline at, mom- at, at moments is going to get torn up. because no, it's okay. You know, this is just two guys having a talk about Age of Ultron. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so here we are. And they're running around the castle. And that's fun stuff, too. And finding secret passages. Uh, okay. Again, a joke. Please be a secret passage. Please be. Oh, it is, you know. Okay. But at least we're, we're joking about it. You know, oh, there's that trope that doesn't make any sense in a real world sense. But yeah, sure. Why not? Evil scientist with a secret passage. Sure. Because what's behind the secret passage is awesome. You know, and so these little things where I'm like, oh, and then he walks down the stairs and I'm just like, holy cow. They've got one of the flying whale worms. Oh, the python. From Dune, you know. <laughs> well, and oh. you talk about, you know, how they make fun of the trope. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job of making fun of the trope. And for me, the perfect one is the scene between Ultron and Iron Man. Yes. Where Ultron says, allow me to tell you about my maniacal plan. And he, like, hits him then. Yeah, no. Because he's not going to tell him about his, not, his evil plan. Yeah. He's it, just going to beat him up. That's the trope. You know, you get him to talk about it, and then you've distracted them long enough to do whatever. Um, or you get to find out what he's doing so that he can, you know, you can stop them because he thinks you're going to die anyway. You can't Clearly stop him anyway. Clearly in database, he has the Incredibles. So, well, here's the thing. Ultron has obviously seen these movies. You know, Ultron has... has He's jacked in, man. You know, he's watched all the James Bond movies and realizes, oh, this is what Tony Stark is trying to do. And he actually probably anticipated Tony trying to do it. So here's also, though, where we find out there's an enhanced in the field. And who are the enhanced in the field? It's Scarlet Witch and it's Quicksilver. And in our outline, we have a spot where we're going to talk about those two people. But right now, they are taking on our team. And they are doing a pretty good job of it. Scarlet Witch shows us her power, which is to, among other things, one of the things she can do is kind of shortwire your brain so that you're going to, you know, your fears are going to come to the forefront. And you're going to hallucinate about your fears, your greatest fears. And Quicksilver runs really fast, and he's running and, and punching. I've seen faster. I have too, and I don't want to go there yet. I don't want to go there yet. Not gonna, we're, we're not going to talk about Don't the go there yet. The don't moment. go there yet. Okay. Yeah. Scarlet Witch. Don't be a hot mess about this, dude. I'm not. It's just organic. Scarlet Witch. It's free, fro- free, free form, form improv, improv in, in the, the dark. dark. <laughs> <laughs> a little reference to a little podcast that nobody listens to except for two or three friends of mine. I listen to it. You're one of my friends. There you go. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, what's Tony Stark's fear? And it makes sense. This makes sense. This is his greatest fear because what does he do? He builds armor and what is the armor for to keep him alive, to keep him medically alive, but also to keep him alive. I mean, not now, but to keep him alive, then also in battle and that kind of thing. His fear is that there's a hole in the armor. He's seen a hole open up in the sky. He's seen an invasion from another dimension and now in this vision, he's seeing that happen, but he's also seeing all of his friends taking a nap. Well, and he's and thinking, very- what is this, kindergarten? Come on, guys, wake up. 
and it's very real because this vision is, in fact, the wormhole he went through. Mm-hmm. He sees Shatari leviathans. I mean, this is, you know. Well, he's in a room Shitari surrounded too. by this stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, that definitely plays into that fear because uh, he's surrounded by these leftover leviathans. He's surrounded by the leftover Chitari tech. And what's Hydra doing with that stuff? They're making robots. Yeah. Yeah. So that's his thing. And that's his, that's, that's the inciting incident for him. As far as he's concerned, this is changing the way he looks at things. He's already creating drones that are going and they're trying to, (laughs) the drones are trying to evacuate the city and people are throwing fruit at it. And smell. There's a reason like these people do not like Tony Stark and we'll get into that. Absolutely. There is. I didn't understand it. Of course, the first time I'm watching it, they don't like Stark. I'm thinking, okay, so apparently the people of the world don't appreciate his kind of protection. Or humor. <laughs> or humor. But, yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's deep-seated into the people of the place and specifically then Quicksilver. And so, so our opening ends. Mm-hmm. Strucker captured. Strucker is captured. Twins gone. They've escaped. Uh, spear reclaimed. Spear is in the hands of the Avengers. Hawkeye down. He is poor a- Establishing guy. now that Hawkeye is going to die in this movie. No powers. No powers. And you know, I did wonder because, okay, so they fix Hawkeye. And he's got fake flesh now. I wondered if we were going to be looking at, like, maybe a running gag where we get more spots of him that are going to have the fake flesh until eventually he's a synthetic man. I don't know. Um, but I, I did think that was fun. And and then it's party time. It's party time. And we see some old friends. And clones. We see a clone who is a, a, a some sort of vet. They had a bunch of vets there. I'm trying to figure out what how this party list worked. There's so the rich, the famous, and those who are still alive from World War II. So it's like they're, they're groups of friends, right? Yeah. So it's it's Cap's old buddies who are still alive. or, or you no. know. Is it Cap's old buddies or is it the guys from down at the VFW that he hangs out with because – That's what I'm trying yeah. to figure out. I, I, I just took it as it was a bunch of guys that he hangs out with. Okay. I mean, again, they're the same age. <laughs> that's, the, that's just it, yeah. And then you have all I, these like rich and beautiful people, and you know. So uh, there's no Norse gods though. Thor doesn't no. really have a posse there. And we do get our, our shot to let us know why Pepper and Jane aren't there. Yes, we do, and it's really not. I mean, Pepper has work to do. Jane has work to do. Okay, fair enough. We also get some flirting between uh, Banner and and Romanoff. Black Widow and Hulk flirt because Black Widow has uh, the lullaby. Now, can we figure out – did you figure out what this lullaby thing is? No, because it's not like she sings. <laughs> right. And I was trying to figure out, okay, so she is, – is this just something where it's like a um, an exercise? That's the only thing I can figure out. I mean in the comics, they've established that you can use things to calm Hulk down. One of my favorites from – 
the Indestructible Hulk is uh, cargo cre- crates of puppies. <laughs> I can see that though because he, he likes the puppies. <laughs> he likes he likes small animals, and he you know he's he's gentle around children and and cute animals. But I mean, it's I I think that's what it is. It's it's just a routine. Not Maybe bears. The tactile. He would throw the bear. Tactile. Yeah, but, but um, and that that's what I was wondering. Is it just a you know okay. We're going to bring it down now when we've done this, breathing techniques and and these kind of things that are, are muscle memory for him, although I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm just using. saying when I worked at camp and we did a campfire, you get them all revved up and then you got to bring them back down because you're sending them to bed. You do. And I, the other thing I wonder, though, is if she had some sort of chemical on her hand that she was like putting on his hand and it was going into his skin and causing him you know to get a little drowsy it's not quite um a tranquilizer but but close i don't uh, it doesn't matter it has to do with her relationship with him she's able to calm him down and now she's flirting with him and trying to rev him up in a different way but <laughs> anyway okay yeah so word they're flo- they're flirting at the party and she is revealing stuff to him that she doesn't reveal to to people. She doesn't open up to people. So there's that. And well, I mean, we have it. We're talking about plot right now. We do plan to talk about characters later. Do you want to talk about the relationship now, or do you want to wait until we get into Black Widow and, and let's save that one for later? Okay. All right. So the whole time they're partying in the background. Jarvis is working on a little science project for Bruce and, and Tony. Yeah. Because Tony wants to resurrect a project called Ultron that he would use as a suit of armor Around for the world. world. Yeah. That's quite an ambitious uh, ambitious project. And it's always failed, failed before, but when he's investigated the spear and Thor's given him three days to look at it, he discovered an artificial intelligence that – when you compare and contrast with Jarvis, is entirely more sophisticated. You learn so much from it and then use it to create an AI that would be more sophisticated than the ones that he has out there already. Uh, but the thing is, he wasn't working on it when Ultron gains awareness. No, no Jarvis actually is. They've left, they've left the lab. They've, turned every, they've shut everything down because their latest thing has failed. When they're gone, it turns itself on. No, Jarvis says he's going to continue to try to work on the interface. Does he? He's because actually, yeah, he, Jarvis is overseeing I don't other remember versions. that because I remember Jarvis saying, I don't understand why you have come online. No, well, he doesn't because it was a surprise he came online. Everything before was a failure. Right. But he tells Tony as Tony leaves for the party, I'll continue to work on this. Okay. Well, I haven't seen it the second time, so I didn't remember that. But uh, the bottom line is this guy, this new AI, uh, Jarvis is trying to communicate with it and reason with it. And it's just kind of doing its own thing. And it has its purpose. Its purpose was given to it by Tony, and that is to protect the world. Well, you know what happens when you give purpose to an AI? It's going to take it the wrong way. Exactly. I mean, that's why robots take over is because they've taken their instructions the wrong way. This is everything from V'ger and the Borg to, you know, 
the stupid robot on Lost in Space, man. So, so as everybody's sitting back, relaxing, drinking an adult beverage, and playing with a hammer. What happens? Well, Ultron makes his debut on screen and dances into our hearts. He does, but with no strings. He's got no strings to hold him down. So they just got done with the hammer, though. That's important. This is an important element of the scene, first of all. They're talking about, you know, you can't lift it if you're worthy, or not worthy, rather. And that's Ultron's line to come in. None of you are worthy, you know? Come on. Even though Cap moved it a little bit. He did. Just a little bit. He did. He moved it enough. He moved it enough to make uh, Thor get a little bit nervous. So, Ultron... Comes in, makes his debut, does the creepiest Pinocchio impression of all time. He's leaking all over the place because he's in a damaged uh, suit, uh, one of the uh, the drone suits. Boy. And he threatens, you know, to make the Avengers extinct in order to have world peace, steals the spear, and runs off after a big fighty fighty. Yeah, this is a because here's the funny thing about Ultron. Ultron's not in that body he's in all the, all bodies, the bodies and the internet <laughs> and that's really kind of a defining factor of ultron from the comics is ultron is not really in just one body ultron is a consciousness across bodies he's not defined by physicality yeah it's it's a it's a nice opponent it's a it's a good opponent for the uh, for the Avengers here. We need an army that they have to go up against, and we've already done the Chitari thing. It's kind of the opposite when you think about it. You have the Chitari running around, and they have one central consciousness or one central um, control point anyway. And you well, say, eh. <laughs> I mean, the Chitari were a hive mind. Let's get to the end of this movie, and what do we see? See, we're going to see a lot of robots that look like each other in a battle with the Avengers. And yeah, it's going to feel it's not a, a hive mind. Things. It's a single mind. I know, I know. But it's going to it's going to feel like the Battle of New York in a lot of ways. But instead of Shatari, you're going to have robots. Here's the thing with Ultron. Is not that I minded it. <laughs> he's clearly, to start with, confused. He is angry. And he's in pain. This is the thing that I noted when I was watching it the first time was he's in pain. That's that's something they they've they 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 talk about once or twice. And so he's making his choices based on confusion, based on pain, and based on anger that was coming from that. And he doesn't like Tony. He he's got a thing against Tony, which works out nicely when he goes to find some allies. In the form of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, because they hate him too. So, so Ultron's born. He starts to acquire property. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to get codes, nuclear strike codes. He can't because Make some friends. The the codes are being rewritten quickly, quicker than Ultron can get them. And so that's that's something. Who's this mystery person? And I was really worried that the mystery person was going to not uh, 
I was just worried about who the mystery person was going to be if it wasn't going to be an earned payoff. And wow, it's super earned. Super, super earned. Something then happens that kind of shocked me. What's that? Von Strucker's dead. Yeah. Talk about anticlimactic. So we've waited for Von Strucker for how long? (laughs) We've been watching our show. And they're talking about Von Strucker, Von Strucker, Von Strucker. In our next episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what's going to happen with Von Strucker? I don't know. And let's be honest. Uh, how much this is less than 10 minutes of Von Strucker in the MCU? <laughs> he was the next big bad we were expecting. And no, he's just a he's just a opening sequence villain to get us from point A to point B so we can start the real movie. And then when the real movie starts, our real villain kills him. Oh, man. <laughs> I was really disappointed. Well, the thing is, I kept saying to myself, how are we going to get Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Strucker, and Ultron in there? And the way Whedon found to deal with it is just to get rid of Von Strucker. Kill him off and quick. I I really hope it gets addressed in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They they have to say something. And part of me hopes they just end up showing the same picture that they showed in Ultron. Well, I mean, did Liss get away? I think so. I think he did. I think he did. There's more list in Marvel Cinematic Universe than there is Von Strucker. And here I'm thinking, oh, they they can't bring Von Strucker into the show too much because, you know, he's a movie star one. (laughs) He's in the cinematic side of things. They just killed him. (laughs) Not even on screen. Oh, poor Von Strucker. Poor Von Strucker. They killed him via an iPad. He's gone. The stash, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking Talbot. I'm talking his actual fake mustache has more screen time than Strucker. <laughs> okay, Strucker. Okay. He's gone. He's out. But but it's a clue. It's a clue that Strucker knew something. And what could he know? And this is nice. They go analog. This is. I mean, this is what Shield does. They go analog when they when they have to. And they have and done it a couple times now. And Tony makes a crazy guess that out of all the contacts in the file, it's this one guy. It's not too crazy. I'm I'm willing to go with it. This is a weaker element. They had to do it to get from point B to point C. But, you know, it's not too weak because if you think about who's his contact, well, his contacts are include these people. But this guy deals in this stuff that if Ultron is making new bodies, he'd be interested in that stuff. So why not check it out? We got nothing better to do. Got nothing better to do. So they go to Africa they go to find Ulysses Claw. To, wa- to Wakananda. <laughs> well, no, they Wakanada. don't actually go to Wakanda. No, they don't. But that's I, I did enjoy Bruce Banner stumbling over the, the pronunciation of these made-up you know, Marvel words. It was a, it was and, a nice, and this a nice really, little touch. That's really our name check for Black Panther here. That's it. You know, Wakanda's now a thing officially in the w, in the MCU. The the woman who we all thought was Wakandan walking into the, the pool, we don't see her. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That wasn't Wakanda pool. I and, that was and Thor's that's pool. That too. It's not a Wakanda pool. <laughs> it was Thor's pool. And then she's not even in there, which she doesn't even say, hey, blonde guy out of the pool. Yeah, this is my bath. You have a bath later on. 
But we find out that Ulysses Claw has vibranium more than in Cap Shield. We also find All- out his greatest fear, cuttlefish. <laughs> Which was cool. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's actually one of the characters we'll talk about when we get to the characters, but they set up nicely his, uh, they, they're, they're MCUing him here. Yes, they are. They they're are. MCUing and, him. And we get the big fighty fighty Scarlet Witch at some point manipulates everyone's memories. Except, and I'm sure we'll, except for Barton well, not, and Stark. Yeah. Well, she's already messed with Tony's. Right. She doesn't need to mess with Tony because she's already done that. Barton and, says he's, he's done with that. Don't ever do it to me because I've, I've gone that route. Don't want to go there. And hits her in the head with a head head uh, feedback arrow. Is that nice? Is that fair enough? Head feedback arrow. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Could have been a boxing glove arrow, but head feedback arrow will work just as nice. So. Yeah. So we have their fears, and we'll talk about those fears when we talk about our characters. Um. But Thor's is important because it actually sets him off on his next leg of his investigation. Because he he sees an apoc- apocalyptic future. Which is nice because guess what his next movie is called? Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that's the one. Which is the end of the world. The end of the world as we know it anyway. Well, the end of the world it's as the Vikings the know it. The end of they don't feel fine. Uh, they do come out of it eventually. <laughs> but uh, again, they're not stopping Ultron yet because he's gotten what he wants, what he needs. And he heads off to his next step of his plan. So, but don't worry. There's going to be a massive fighty-fighty because, as Dan Lee says, superheroes have to fight. They do. They do. But what do they have to do first? They have to rest. And they have nowhere to go. They need to go someplace safe. And what's safe? Oh, dude, you totally skipped. We didn't even say who was in the fighty fighty. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hulk versus the Hulk armor. I mean, Hulkbuster oh, armor. That or Veronica fight. as designed, yeah. by Bruce, designed by Bruce Banner. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> and, and it's a big fighty fighty in school. Lots of property damage. Lots of property damage. But Tony Stark was ready for a rampaging Hulk. Thanks to Bruce. Yeah. Because Bruce designed Veronica. And rampaging Hulk was something that Bruce fears the most. And and so his fear actually isn't exactly a hallucination here. It's pretty real, pretty vivid. As he says, the world finally saw the real Hulk. Yeah. He's acknowledging the fact that the real Hulk isn't the person that people thought saw in the Battle of New York. It, or even went on those missions with the Avengers. The real Hulk is the monster. The real Hulk is not the Hulk that Mike Peterson's son wanted a toy of. No. So, yeah, the Avengers can't go home because of that big fighty-fighty. Governments are considering pressing charges, apprehending Banner. And so they need to find a safe house. That and, you know, Ultron's out there. And doesn't like them. No, he doesn't. He's not a fan. He doesn't want an action figure or even collector cards. No. But they need a safe house that is off the grid entirely. Fortunately, there is one place available that's not in any S.H.I.E.L.D. records. 
and that no one would be able to link them to except for one man. And that's a man of secrets and a man who can keep secrets and has kept secrets until this moment. Uh, Nick Fury helped set this up so that Barton could go and, and not have any kind of shield connection to this one safe haven. Nick Fury wanted Barton to be able to settle down with Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yes. Or I can't remember her name, but she was in Mad Men as well as someone. And she was also in uh, some other Netflix show that I was watching. Bloodlines, I think it is. She's like the sister on there. Yeah, I can't help you there, bro. And so I'm going to mispronounce her name. Linda Cardellini? Mm-hmm. Remember all that speculation when people saw her added to the cast and are like, oh, she must be this superhero or that superhero. Maybe she's Miss Marvel. Remember that? Yeah. Well, she is a comic book character from the Ultimate Universe. Bam. I don't – I didn't know that. Bam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In the Ultimate Universe, um, Clint Barton is a married man with a family and he's married to Laura Barton. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Do you want a little bit of a spoiler? Mm, you mean for the Ultimate Comics? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to read them. But Well, and this, this might have an impact. could have an impact with Civil War. Okay. Uh, Black Widow kills the entire family. Wow. It's heart-wrenching. Wow. Comes to the door, kills them. Huh. I don't think that's going to happen in our movies. I don't. That's a dark I, place. I mean, we've gone to some dark places, but that's a dark place I don't see us going to. But you want me to you want me to throw a theory at you? Sure. So I was throwing this around today in my twenty minute meeting. Mm-hmm. As we've established before, I don't think with Civil War we can use the use Spider Man for the same emotional impact when no. coming to reveal his secret identity. No. Clint Barton, his identity is still somewhat secret, and this whole at least secret part of his life is hidden. He's the one person out there in the MCU who has a family that he needs to protect in the same way that Peter Parker wants to protect Aunt May. They could be at risk in Civil War, and so some of that emotional Peter Parker impact could be coming from Clint Barton Hmm. because he has to protect them. That's a good idea. I think you're wrong. But I I, I think it's possible. That's a really – I mean I could see the writers going there. They totally should because, again, we need to have some emotional impact when we bring that part of the theme into Civil War. And they've now established to us, you know, we like Hawkeye. We're now worried about his family. Yeah. Let's protect his family. Yeah. Civil War. Safe House is a family. He's a family man. And they got visitors. So – this is their moment to rest. This is their moment to stop, to think, to argue, to, away. to talk, to leave. Um, Thor goes off to investigate his thing where he's going to step into the vision pool and he's going to have a vision from you know that's related to his fears uh, because of what he saw in his fear vision that Scarlet Witch gave him. So now he needs to get this other one and, and he gets Selvig to help him find that pool. But um, Nick Fury then comes, and I found this really funny that <laughs> Thor misses the Fury pep talk, I'm going to call it, even though it wasn't really a pep talk in the first Avengers movie where he's, you know, bloody cards and that kind of thing. But Thor misses the pep talk again. 
he's off running around doing his own thing, messing with, you know, the vision pool instead of messing with his hammer. But, yeah, Nick Fury comes. He encourages them to be a team. you got to do this. you got to stop Ultron. Where could he have gone? Oh, he's building a body. It, There's only one place he could have gone to, and that's that thing that we set up with Helen. Yeah, you know, though, in all these scenes, you know, I I get it. We're using these scenes to kind of set up civil war, getting the debate again about whether or not Tony should have or shouldn't have his needs for security and protection. Uh, Cap, a great line. Anyone who's tried to stop a war before it started is always ended up killing more people. Yeah, innocents always die when you try and stop a war before you but, before it's But, I, you know, we've never really talked much about Samuel L. Jackson having, like, super touching scenes where we didn't feel like he was trying to manipulate someone. Again, the cards he's trying to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. When he sits Tony down and says, I see a man that I care about, I believe him. I think he's worried about Tony. I agree. I mean, he is... He's a man of secrets, but I think he's also a genuine man. I mean, he, he's he's formed relationships. And maybe he shouldn't have as someone who needs to you know protect the entire world. Uh, you don't want to stop and say, oh, but my friend, you know, what's going to happen to him? But I think that he appreciates these people. I think he's allowed himself to be less Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., though. He doesn't carry that weight on his shoulders, I don't think. Well, for the moment. <laughs> for the moment, but he, he he doesn't. And so he can afford to be Nick Fury, the man, instead of Nick Fury, the director. I think. I think you're right. So Ultron's using the vibranium for his new science projects, including a new body, because they figure out that he keeps trying to evolve new bodies. He's going to evolve humankind. He's interested in evolving himself, and he keeps sticking himself in a human body. Yeah. Now, to be fair, the evolving of humankind is to evolve them to extinction, although they don't know that yet. But we kind of all know that, right? He is Ultron. We've seen this before. In sci-fi, where the only way to really protect humanity is to destroy humanity. The only way to stop war is to stop people from being people. So, turn them into zombies or mindless, you know, or automatons or or kill them. Just to get rid of them all. Yeah. So, they figure out where his new body is going to be and we have a big Korean city battle scene. Mm-hmm. Which it was cool, but Black Widow gets kidnapped. Yeah, and not all of our hitters are there because again, Thor's swimming in the pool, and um, Tony is doing the Google Supreme stuff. Yes, he's he's going <laughs> off, and he's trying to track down who's changing those codes, and so it's it's Black Widow, it's Hawkeye, and it's Captain America. Basically, our three weakest members of the team. Uh, because they're the, they're the humans who aren't encased in armor or who aren't gods, but they're capable. They're capable of doing the mission. And what's the mission? Stall Ultron. <laughs> so they do it. They stall Ultron. He's not and even they put get, himself in the they, new body yet. And, and they get the cradle with the new body. They do. And they also have the the gem because it turns out. The gem 
that was in the spear. See, the spear doesn't have the power. The gem in the spear has the power. But it's not actually the gem in the spear that has the power. It's the other gem inside the gem in the spear. Uh, it's like a nesting doll. It really is. It's kind of like, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't understand why they needed to have another gem inside the gem and not just have the gem that they already had they be the gem. To, they needed to be small enough to stick on a guy's forehead. It could shrink. I mean, it's a magic gem. You don't have to, you know, do the nesting doll thing and, and you end up with a tiny, tiny one that you always lose. And then you have the, the second to tiniest one that you always lose part of it. And so you only have half of the one doll. But Yeah. So they have that and they have the body and they do not have Black Widow because Ultron does. And Ultron doesn't kill her because <laughs> before he totally makes fun of the trope, Daniel. He says, well... I'm going to surely I'm going to tell you my entire plan before I and then zap right, but now he totally does the trope. I'm going to take you prisoner because there's nothing you can do to stop me anyway, and I want you to see and I want someone to talk to. I'm bored. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I translated that scene. I'm bored. You're at least interesting. <laughs> but his entire plan involves destroying all of humanity. He's going to be bored. No, it, it, there's a whole universe of people out there. Well, is this just like, okay, well, you know, I'll one last hurrah, I'll have a human being around to talk to before I destroy all of them, and then I'll be alone again. But anyway, I, I did find it funny that he does that. And well, we're, we will talk about Black Widow because I have maybe too much to say about Black Widow. Oh, man, it's going to be a long one. I've got problems. I've got serious, uh, serious problems with Black Widow, but that's when we talk about the characters. Right now, we're still talking about the plot. Okay, so they get the body. They, they get, get the, the cradle. Oh, and Tony goodness. and Bruce have the following conversation. Hey, I know what we should do. Let's just do the exact same thing that led us to this horrible mess to begin with. <laughs> Only slightly better. Yes, let's make it an even more formidable killing machine. But don't worry, as everyone begins to argue and fight including Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, who are now on Cap's side, against that jerk Tony, the man who's had a dream while swimming. Uh, not just a dream. You might call it a vision. vision. <laughs> Comes and after the cradle's been unplugged, he uses his power of electricity to <laughs> charge him up. And we have the greatest Dr. Frankenstein of all time. Because of the hair. He's the greatest because he's got that really long hair. Okay. Oh, sure. He conditions. All I could think of with that scene, Daniel, and this is not anything against the movie. It's against me. That's like the thing in, when you're doing Lego Marvel is you run around with Thor. And whenever there's a thing that has the right you know, interface, you zap it with electricity to charge it up. And all I could see, I could almost see the little arc above his head filling up as he's giving it enough electricity. And I'm just thinking, oh, don't let go of the button. Oh, now you got to start over again. But yeah, he he totally just comes in and I don't care. You guys are arguing, whatever. I'm just going to do this. He he powers it up because Quicksilver went and took it down. Like he ran around really fast and just unplugged everything and said, "Now what, Tony Stark? You know, I've unplugged all your computers." And Thor says, "Now me," zaps him 
and we get life. It is Frankenstein, Daniel. It is. And I think it's Frankenstein on purpose. We have life. It's alive. It's alive. It's red. <laughs> and it flies. And it, Though it doesn't go through things yet. No. Although it does later on. They don't explain why or how. But when, when they're fighting the Ultron bots, it creates clothes. And I and love... Capes. Well, I love that little moment there where he's standing there and he just kind of gives Thor a little glance and it's like, oh, the cape is good enough for him. It's good enough for me. And he grows a cape because why? Well, Thor has one. But now you have, and, and this is a theme here, we have Tony Stark's second child vision. He's been born. He has the, the jewel in his forehead like Adam Warlock. So can I just... Pause and talk about this for a little bit. Talk about it, and, man. <clears throat> we don't need Adam Warlock anymore. Nope. In fact, we shouldn't have Adam Warlock. Nope. Because we have Vision. And this ver- the MCU version of the Vision totally takes the role of Adam Warlock in the Infinity Gauntlet. Now, Vision has a gem in the comics, though, right? He does. Part of the but- character design, though, not... But not not a which gem is this soul gem? This is mind gem. He doesn't have a okay. He Adam Warlock has a, an Infinity Stone in his head, just right. like Vision does. Adam Warlock is a synthetic person, just like Vision is. Thanos has to come to Vision and confront him to get the jewel off of his head to put into his shiny shiny glove. We're not. I would be so surprised if we see Warlock in any but, form. But here's the most important thing. When they interrogate Vision and they ask him, you know, are you with us, not with us? He says, I am for life. I love it. I love it. I love Vision in this movie. And this is why I want to see this movie again. Really, it's because of lines like that that they give to Vision. But but this this is a key. This is a key line. That line establishes right there that he is the counter to Thanos because Thanos, as he's chuckled about at the end of the Avengers, is for death. Yes. So they are opposing opposites here. They are the counters. One says that he's for life. One says he is for death. We don't need Adam Warlock regardless of what the collector's got in his collection. Adam Warlock would – and what people that have been expecting would just be a it'd be redundant we re- and but, it would clutter so, up what we already have so let me throw another level on this for you okay what if so right at the moment vision is vision that's his name mm-hmm. because of the fact that he um is called vision by thor because he you know i saw this vision ultron calls him his vision so we're calling him vision because of all these other people Right. It's an MCU trope here. To other people give you the nickname and it sticks whether you want it or not. So he needs a name. Mm-hmm. He is a creature of new life. He's a new creation. What if he took the name Adam? I could see it going there and working. Again, I think it just clutters things up. We don't need but to do again, that. Again, I don't even say Adam Warlock. But what if he took the name Adam? You know, just made up a name. Adam something. Adam Jones. Adam Smith. Adam but because again, I'm the first of a new race. Adam because... 
you'd yeah. still get that symbolism that you got from Adam Warlock's name and in the use of that. But you'd you'd bring it here. You wouldn't have all the baggage of Adam Warlock from the comics. But you could comic fans would be like, oh, so he's the MCU'd Adam Warlock and the Vision combined. But you'd still get all the other people that would get the symbolism of a, a new race, a new creation, a new belief being in him calling himself Adam. Yeah. And as I've said before, good idea. I don't think that's where they're going to go with it. They but... need to call. I got money. They got money. I got ideas. <laughs> they got money. I got pockets. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm not giving these away for free. Well, <laughs> well, kind of are. Actually, I am. <laughs> but you have Vision, though. In this one scene, they do what they have to do to make us on Vision's side. Instantly. And they do it in such a way that they couldn't have done better, I don't think. And that is he picks up Thor's hammer and hands it to him. And, and I'll make this argument. That without this moment, the beginning of the movie is just stupid stuff. It's just padding. And this there's so much stuff going on in the story. There's no room for fluff. And so it would have felt weird. Like, what is up with this scene of fluff? This scene gives that earlier scene significance. It does. It gives it power. I mean, and, and again, you, ha- you have it tied to Ultron at the beginning saying nobody's worthy. Uh, the, then you have this moment here where Vision shows that he is worthy. Now, is he worthy or is he just then synthetic? Cause could or you, is he an elevator? Yeah. Could you put the, the, the hammer in a claw machine, you know, and, and pick it up with a claw? Maybe. But Vision picks it up, hands it to Thor, and that's good enough for Thor. Thor is going to do what Vision is, is, is going out to do. They're going to stop Ultron and they're going to, they're going to follow him and they're going to let him have that gem. You know, that's, that's, significant there um apparently thor thinks it's safer there than with the collector uh, with good reason because the asgardians have shown bad reason bad judgment in the past and we probably should we probably should call out that thor in his dream does see the infinity gems he sees them all he sees them all and it's kind of cool it's kind of neat it's a it's a scene that definitely it's setting up future movies yeah it's setting up ragnarok it's setting up uh infinity war yeah and i think that we could be in for something good with ragnarok with the the next thor movie uh but there is you're definitely we are setting up captain america's next movie we are setting up thor's next movie we're setting up the avengers next movie we are not setting up ant-man's movie (laughs) we are not setting up the inhumans new movie we are not setting up a whole bunch of stuff but we are Definitely pushing forward with the MCU's Phase 3. So this is... And it doesn't feel... It it doesn't feel like they're checking off the list, though. To me. It doesn't feel like, oh, okay. Thor's new movie. Here, a little bit of foreshadowing. Check. Captain America's new movie. Check. But this is, again, what happens. You've got this many movies, and we're pushing forth... Um, you know, some sing- singular narratives that we're trying to tie them all in together. And so it could be a much worse than it is. That's for sure. So Vision, this guy, man, we, we'll, we'll talk about him. This guy. We'll talk about so him. we get to 
Ultron's big plan to extinct the human race. He's taking some of his vibranium. He's made a giant spike thing, and as the Avengers converge on him, he lifts up an entire city, and he's going to smash it into the earth and extinct all mankind. Yeah, he's creating an extinction event. And this is a decent enough bad guy plot to have. I've got some problems with it, but as far as big fighty-fighty at the, at the end of the show, yeah, this is good enough. This is as good a reason as any to try and infiltrate a evil bad guy's base and stop his minions and destroy him. Okay. Now, there's a lot of big moments in this because um, we do have, we've got some new Avengers because Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have come over and they got the pep talk. They have. Um, they they turned. It's, it's more almost that they turned against Ultron, though. Yeah. They, so, so our two big moments for me, I have two moments in this battle that get me really really excited. Okay. Helicarrier. Yes, that was that big dramatic thing that when Fury leaves and says, I'll come back and do something dramatic. Nice. There it is. And he says, with some friends, so Maria's there, and it's established by Tony, oh, you've been working for him the whole time. And by the way, Maria's been working with AC. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, a lot of questions about this lost time of Coulson's. You know, what exactly was he doing for Maria? Was he scouting for some of these Avengers missions? I don't know. Scouting for some Avengers missions and then building a, you know, facility that needs beds. But he's had a lot. (laughs) Exactly. Like an academy. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I will say there's a missed opportunity here. We got Maria. We got the guy from Winter Soldier who wouldn't push the button. Yes. It would have been nice to see Phil. Yes. But I understand why we don't see Phil. And this goes back to that Joss Whedon interview we were talking about where he says, you know, the movies kind of have their own continuity. And then you have the TV shows that kind of fill in the gaps of the the movie's continuity. Here's the thing. If you're going to sit down and watch the movies only and you bring Phil in, you got to explain what happened to Phil. You're right. You're right. It's weird. And, and, you know, see, what we really need to have happen. But if you only watch the movies, aren't you enough aware of the fact that he has a TV show for you to be okay with well, you it? you would think that you would, yes. You would think you'd at least know you've seen commercials, you know, back when the series was getting ready to start. But, um, but here's what I think really needs to happen. For us, as we're watching the TV show, we need to see Chris Evans and Coulson. We need to see something on the TV show. We need to see CGI armor flying overhead, stop, look down, cock its head over to the side, give a little salute down to Coulson, who's down on the street below, and blast a bad guy for Coulson and help him out and then fly away or something like that. We need to see on our show the the revelation that they found out that he's alive because now it's getting a little bit ridiculous that we're going to be able to okay colson set up a facility that captain america works in (laughs) that may or may not be the theta initiative i mean they're they're going to find out just by you know bumping into people it's a small world the superhero community lucy you got some explaining to do (laughs) So <laughs> on Tuesday night, yeah, it, it just something needs to happen, um, but it has to happen on the show. I think we're, we're if we get the resolution on the show for this little moment here, 
I'm fine with it. I don't need to see it on the big screen. Yeah, and and you do have to enjoy the fact that you know Quicksilver, who's had concerns about the West, sees this and he says, "Is this Shield?" and and Cap's like, "Well, this is what Shield was supposed to be." As they're doing humanitarian mission, as far it's as like this, you know, this isn't bad. This is okay. As far as the narrative of this movie goes, though, from Avengers to Winter Soldier to this movie, S.H.I.E.L.D. does not exist. And it still doesn't exist at the end of this movie. It doesn't. I mean, it does for us because they've been doing things in the background, secrety secret. But S.H.I.E.L.D. does not exist. And that facility is not a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. No, it's, it's an, an Avengers, Avengers facility. facility. And Nick is working it. Yeah. And Black Widow is there. And they're not there as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Nope. Nope. They're there as Avengers. And, of course, this is, a, again, part of our conversation for later on in the in the um, outline. But um, we this puts the TV show in a little bit of an awkward spot. <laughs> We've never been there before. Uh, and it's a... And that's what happens when you have these two side-by-side continuities where one is trying to just veer over and touch to, and the other one is just going forward. You know, it's it's big brother, little brother. Again, my 13-year-old son and my 4-year-old son. Uh, the 13-year-old son is this Avengers movie. He's going to go and do whatever he wants, and it's my 4-year-old son who's running around behind him trying to keep up with his big brother. Uh, big brother goes off and does something. He does. It's, it's, it's his own thing. Um, and again, you're following the money. And Avengers: Age of Ultron is making a lot of money. That's our, that's our intelligence report. Shield intelligence report. Avengers is making a lot of money. Back to the mission report. Mission report. Okay. The, and then the other big moment in the battle is when Hawkeye finally gets it. When he finally dies. When we never saw it coming. <laughs> Were you thinking what I was thinking when they used that line? You never <laughs> yes, saw I it did. coming. I did. I've made a few of those jokes. <laughs> but, I mean, they set us up all episode waiting for Hawkeye to get killed. Not me. You notice how I just said all episode? Well, you know. Yeah. Well, this is part two of the Dirty Half Dozen. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they're they're hinting enough at it. I, not, I didn't. But, but because they're hinting at it, you're, it either has to happen or it's not going to happen at all. When the but, family showed up, Daniel, I was expecting his wife to die. Well, I just told you she could. I know, but I was expecting it to happen in this movie without me knowing that it happened. I, I didn't even know she was a comic character going into the movie. So I was expecting but, the wife to die. She was on the death list. Well, the and, death watch. and so Quicksilver's dead. He's not going to be an Infinity War. I never saw it coming. I never saw it coming. Joss gets a dead character that's going to stay dead i'm assuming probably <laughs> so he gets his colson in an intake two uh they could bring him back for the tv show though and i did i did feel bad i did too so they did a good job setting him up and and putting him on an arc where when he died i felt like it mattered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now my my hair cutter she hated quicksilver scarlet witch Vision because they were just new characters. She wanted to spend more time with the old characters. This did not affect her one bit. 
So just in case you're wondering, you know, some other opinions that aren't mine and yours. So Avengers win. They do. Ultron's gone. Vision takes out the last Ultron. You got to take out every existence of Ultron, every version, every copy of, of everywhere he stored himself. He's been cut off from the internet, though. That's that's important to note. Is that Vision has short circuited something with the Ultron Prime, whatever you want to call the main body that's going around talking to everyone. He's cut him off. So you only exist so in his bodies. In the bodies. He has this nice conversation about how humans are doomed. And how that's okay? Because you know it, they don't they won't last long, but they're beautiful. And just because you last doesn't mean that that's not what it takes to be beautiful. Um, again, another nice vision moment. So they win. Everybody goes off. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, we got to talk sorry. about how they win. I got real problems with this part. Okay, okay. This it is science stuff. This is the anti version of the phantom menace ending is that you've got this guy who can wirelessly connect to the entire internet now granted that gets short-circuited but he didn't put some sort of wireless activation on his device you have to literally take a robot hand and touch it this this is this is the one little thing where i'm like okay that's the big gimme they're asking right here is that Ultron's plan is a f- entirely physical plan. There is no tech in the connection between him and his device. Why is Ultron's brain not in the device just like it's in all these other robots? Well, that's an excellent question. It is an excellent question. They don't give and us And I a- have no answer. Yeah. So I recommend everyone <laughs> no prize that. Yeah, no prize it. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I mean, seriously, it, it it affects the drama for me. You know, if you take a, if you if you do what I just said, it's not as dramatic when you have that one body crawling up there and, and hitting the button, so to speak. I mean, it's really it's remind me of, again of uh, of Planet of the Apes, the second one, where um, someone crawls to a button in a similar way. But that was one problem I had. Uh, the other problem I had, I've forgotten now, so we're just going to keep moving on. <laughs> All right, so they win. They win. And then our team breaks up. Tony Stark relives the end of Iron Man 3. And relives the end of uh, Avengers, too. He drives off in the car. Yeah, but he's alone this time because Bruce Banner was in the Quinjet. Yeah, that's not right. Not flying off the planet Hulk, as many people speculated. Oh. But perhaps Tahiti? Okay, they say Fiji. But I wanted I really wanted them to say Tahiti. And then Colson could have popped up and said, It's a beautiful place. <laughs> no, magical ah! place. Oh, I butchered you the punchline. Rats. But uh You'll never get that back. <laughs> <laughs> and Thor goes and leaves his girlfriend on Earth. <laughs> yeah, but he's coming back and forth now. I mean, you get the you get the feeling that he is coming back and forth, spending time with Jane, spending time with the Avengers, and going home as well to, to spend time with his brother. <laughs> and then Cap, and a heartbroken Black Widow. Oh no, you left somebody off the list. Hawkeye goes home for his remodel. Yeah, he's going to do and his third room. baby. Mm-hmm. 
And it takes a lot of time for kids. So, I mean, he's out on paternity leave for a good long time, I would think. And then Steve and Black Widow, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. bros, the S.H.I.E.L.D. buds from Winter Soldier, they're hanging out at the new facility training the new Avengers. Yeah. Uh, And the new Avengers include Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Falcon. Um and their war machine. Well, but just stopping there with those three in Captain America, we're looking at a pretty classic '70s lineup, I think. And let's be blunt: when when Tony wasn't in the Iron Man suit, it was Rhodey with the Avengers. You know, going back to Secret War. So and so, you have War Machine there, and you don't have is, Sif. You don't. You don't. But There's it wouldn't no make Asgardian sense. In the mix. It wouldn't make sense to have an Asgardian there. You totally need an Asgardian in this. We mix. need one, but it wouldn't make sense for this scene. We're totally scenery in though, so I'm not stressed. And so then Captain America says, Avengers And what is he gonna say next? We don't know. He says Avengers, and then he's Lang- cut off by music language. and words. He's gonna say language. <laughs> Avengers, watch your language because you are an example to the people that we serve. That's what he was going to say. No, he was going to say assemble. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense than mine. <laughs> but, uh, and it's a good moment. I wish that they would have gone ahead and let him just say it, except that they were already standing there, so they had already assembled. Yeah. <sighs> what would have been then, nice, Daniel, what would have been really nice in that is if they had had a couple extras. There were just others. Like know? Trip. Well, oh, no. he wasn't in this movie. Thanks. Thank you, Rumor Mill. Oh, man. No, I, I think it would have been fantastic if they would have had just a couple other people who we don't even know who they are. You know, just a dude and some Tigra. lady, you know. <laughs> I think we – well, unless they MCU'd her, right? <laughs> Hyperion. But <laughs> – Wonder Man. yeah. Hey, by the way, perhaps for if people stick around for a post credit, I have a theory on another person who could take Peter Parker's place in Civil War. Okay, well, we haven't talked about what the post credit's going to be yet. Yeah, let's do this. I got a really good a secondary theory that's not related to this movie. Okay, so the Avengers are, have assembled. We go to credits. We cut away from the credits, and we get Thanos. And I'm going to let you go ahead and take this because. I I imagine you're more excited than I am about what what happens here. Why would I be excited? He's just going to do it himself. (laughs) I mean, we see the glove. We We see see Thanos open up a closet that's not in Asgard. Which I hadn't even considered the fact that it was not his closet. And you were pointing out to me that, you know, this isn't Odin's. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's got one. Yeah, well, apparently there's two, a pair of gloves. And... At least that's what Kevin Feige said. I hope I said the name right for Kevin Feige, Agent Agent Wilkerson. But um, he picks it up and basically says, "If you can't do the job right with help, you do, do it, it yourself. yourself." You know, and he's gonna get those gems. And so I think, could we be looking at Ragnarok? Is Thanos? Could we be looking at? Uh, I- I think he'll have an influence on Ragnar- Ragnarok. I, I think that he'll... 
But is he doing it himself? If he's I don't just, think I don't think he'll be. I think he'll be hidden hand there. But he said he's going to do it himself. Yeah, I still think he's going to be hidden hand. All right. Now we do have Doctor Strange coming up as well. That there could be some elements there. Well, and we still got two stones to find. And so I think between Ragnarok and Doctor Strange, that's where our true stones will pop up. We've got the Soul Gem and the Time Gem, I think, are the two that are unaccounted for based on some interview that I read. I think those are the two. But I yeah, I don't think Ant-Man is going to really feed into our whole Infinity War thing. I no. think Ant-Man will be in Infinity War in, in one or, or both parts, but I don't think that his movie is going to do much for that. No, I agree. I don't think it's going to move forward much. So, it's a Man, big was- movie, Daniel. It's a big it is. movie. And we are and not we still got a bunch of characters to talk about. Yeah, because we need to talk about where our characters are, where they came from, and where they're going. And we talked about some of that. So some of these characters we can talk about. Like, we've got some minor characters here, like um, Strucker. Yeah, we're done with Strucker. He's dead. <laughs> we've talked about Strucker more than he appears in the That MC. boy has been killed. He is dead. And okay, I think we've actually so, talked about him more than we need to, yes. Let's go um, through our old. Okay, so let's start there. Old characters. Iron Man. Iron Man. Stuck in the loop. He, <laughs> he's back to that fear... Where he wants to encase the world now in a suit of armor. Well, and thank goodness his last experiment actually showed him he might be right since he created something good. Vision was not his creation, though. I know. It's I mean, the Vision, is, Vision is Jarvis and the stone and magic lightning and vibranium body. And so you put all those things together. And so, yes, he did have a hand in making that. However, I would still say that we are looking at two sons of Tony. You have Ultron and you have Vision and they're his children and they represent two sides of his of what he's trying to do. And so we're talking about him wanting to build the suit of armor around the world on one hand, protecting life. On the other hand, um, just fear and, and, yeah. and the mighty iron hand instead of the soft... Um, gentle vibranium hand <laughs> well and here's the thing and and there's really two characters the there. there's two characters in this movie that are who they are they're who we expect they, them to be and they may not move things forward as much in their own arcs as are in their own movies and even this was pointed out to me by somebody else today really iron man and captain america are just iron man and captain america they're the same people we see in the in their movies. Maybe you, you could argue maybe Captain America has realized that he is a soldier. He's realized he's a soldier, and I think he's also realized that he has to change because the world has changed around. But him. he's still Mister Moral High Ground. He is definitely, and there being them, which allows us to see other characters pop more, like Hawkeye. Hawkeye gets to pop more because we already know who Tony is. We already know who Steve is, and they are who they are. And so as far as Tony's arc, I'm not sure where he's going. He's going to go make more suits of armor. In this – yeah. Well, obviously. Um, Or is he going to 
is he going to go more of a political route? You know, and get involved not with Shield or, or maybe with a new Shield. I don't know, but he has been de- what Department of Defense. He has been Secretary of Defense, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, where is he going? I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of an arc with him in this movie, other no. than oh, I you know, I tampered with the trope. <laughs> I tampered with science and went places where only God should go, kind of thing. Um. And I think he realized that – I hope he realized that you can't just make unilateral decisions for everyone just because you think you have a good idea. Right. Like he learned anything. If we've learned anything from these movies, is Tony doesn't learn anything. No, he's going to go back and he's going to do stuff that's going to cause problems and and it'll be okay because it will you know result in something like Ultron. Dude, I totally hate your movie. order. I totally hate your order in this listing because I want to talk about Captain America. Well, let's talk about Captain America next then. And again, Cap is Cap. He's the leader, moral high ground. His fear is that he has been left alone, that he is a man out of time but a man out of his own world. And um, he seems to be dealing with it compared to the others. He, he's dealing. He is he's now. not led to the same levels of craziness that everyone else is. No, he want, he has to do what's right, you know. And here's one of the themes. There's a lot of possible themes that you can talk about in this. But Captain America embodies this theme, and that is, you know, with great responsibility – wait, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, that's evident in this movie, and Captain America embodies that. He has power. He could sit back. You know, he tried to sit out in, in Winter Soldier. He tried to stop. You know, but he he's back. You know, and he's he's going to he's going to do what he has to do to help people. And if that's old fashioned, then color him red, white, and blue. Right, just like this short this shirt that he wears every day. Yeah, you got to wear your colors, man. And then and then to me, the next one I want to talk about here is Thor. And Thor's being Thor. <laughs> I mean, even to the point as you pointed out, he keeps missing Nick Fury's speeches. <laughs> The, the, the deal with Thor, yeah, there's not a lot of change there except he's learning stuff that's going to affect him in his next movie. Well, and he, I guess you could say he's learned to deal with his problems not always by hitting something because, you know, he goes to the pool and he finds a friend. He does. He, he goes, He's investigating. Yeah. He's you running know. around finding out the details. He's running around being proactive but not proactive just with his hammer. Yeah, he doesn't hit it. He doesn't hit something to find these answers. He actually does something that, you know, is almost questing. It you know? is. It, not almost questing. He is questing. Uh, and he's also putting himself on the line. You know, going into that pool is not a, a small deal. You know, people gone mad or whatever. And uh, I, I like Thor. I like Captain America. I like Iron Man. And you're right. There's not a whole big arc, but what I like about them is on display. Okay. Then I want to talk about Hulk. Okay. Because really, he, since he doesn't have his own movies anymore, when you talk about his arcs, he has to do it in the in Avengers. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we find out that he has his fears, you know, the fears of the world seeing the real monster. He also and, has fear of losing control and hurting people because that is a very real possibility and we've seen him do things to be proactive about this before he he created the cabin that sky was in yes he created veronica 
Yeah, which didn't work. Um, he put a he, gun in his mouth. He creates barriers to romance because he can't. He can't have a kid now. I don't know if he's saying it's because a kid would. I think it's because of the radiation. Curse. I think it's because of the radiation would I, might have sterilized him, or he's sterile. sterile. Might have, but my first place I go with that is that the the, the radiation would cause there to be problems with the child. Well, and I mean, we've seen in the comics him have kids. I mean, old man Logan's got a whole Hulk family. Uh, whatever. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's actually kind of a cool concept. It's a know, concept, he, yes. The evil Bruce Banner in the future running a family of hillbilly Hulks. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but I mean, the real big one here is, you know, he's opening, he, he is close to romance, but yet it's there. Though my oldest wants nothing to do with shipping this. Um, we'll go there in a moment. Let's talk about the the details, though. What's nice about this is that, again, these are people coming together in a team, but they're people who are alone. Now, Thor, not so much, but Captain America, he is alone. And Hulk, Banner, he is alone. He has to be alone because if he hulks out around people then there's going to be problems but with his team here with this you know group he's put in situations where it's actually good for the green guy to come out generally there's a, there's you know rampaging in cities or whatever but um and you know he has that fear of control he has nowhere to go that's safe He's learning that, that that even when he's safe and and calm, like in India or whatever, um, he he's not completely safe, and he can't have a relationship because I mean, if he forgets to take out the trash, his wife nags him about it. He gets angry because she's always nagging him about it. He's gonna tear the house down. You can't have that happen. Um, but. I, I don't know how I feel about his arc here, where they take it to. Well, and where he they take kind of it was. Here, here's my thing. I would have preferred for him that it had been like Helen Cho. Is that her last name? Yeah. I would have preferred that it be her, and not Black Widow. Make it someone new, and that's okay. But let us see. You know, oh. We both are scientists. We've spent time together working on things. And, oh, now she's in danger. And so it's not just that she's in danger because of him as Hulk. She's in danger because of his job. Well, I get it. I do. And we've seen Bruce Banner's date scientists before, thanks to Bill Bixby. Yes, plenty of times. And what's happened to them? They die. They get killed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, though, Tony at one point accuses Bruce of being yellow belly, you know, you know, being a coward. Mm-hmm. The minute somebody says something, he he flips around and shows him a, his belly. But when Tony says that, when you think about it, he's right in the sense that Bruce doesn't really show a lot of fortitude to people, including Tony. He could have stopped the Ultron project and he kept going with it he let tony talk him into it bruce lets people talk him into stuff bruce rolls with the punches as much as he can i think though rather than being yellow although i can understand what what tony's trying to do when he says that but he's rolling with it i mean he is courageous 
And Black Widow has a line, you know, most of the guys I'm around are fighters and they want to fight so they can win. But you're the only person I know who avoids the fight because he knows he can win. And it's not so much that he knows he can win, it's he knows how he'll win the fight. And so that's and this is this is the the Bill Bixby banner is, you know, avoiding the fight and basically using, you know, mental judo so that the things coming at him, he can use their own force to, to let them fly past him. And you're right, that can come off as weakness, but I see that as courage. Now, with Tony, he should have stood up to him better. <laughs> but he went along with it, I think, because he agreed with it, maybe more than because he was just letting Tony ride roughshod over him. Yeah, okay. But Banner has a good arc, a decent arc, and it ends with him ripping himself away from people that he has come to know and love and trust, and he is on his own again. He And, and the Lonely Man theme should have been playing as the Quinjet was flying away. But we didn't get it. <laughs> Who's next? Oh. We have, of our returning heroes, we have Black Widow and Hawkeye left. Who do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Black Widow because she's linked to oh, Hulk. So we do find out some stuff about her. We find out about her training, which somewhat is paralleled and somewhat seen already in Agent Carter. Yes, I was that I was excited to see. We do find out that she is unable to have children because of that training. And the graduation ceremony was her sterilization. And here I thought the graduation ceremony from her vision, it looked like but you had to kill somebody. I agree, but no, it's no. being willing to go through the sterilization. Okay. Keep going. Uh-huh. I've got a lot to say here, and I'm not sure how much I actually should say. And she likes Bruce Banner. And now I'm going to just sit back and let you talk for a bit. Black Widow. It- they turned her into a love interest and a damsel in distress whose value is measured by her ability to have children. And and not that she's saying that, but she almost is. You can read it as saying, I'm a monster because I can't have children. Now, I don't think they meant for it to go that strong because I think part of it comes down to the sterilization is to avoid not that you're weak because you have children and not that you're worth less because you can't have children, but that when you do have children and and you see it in Hawkeye, he has to think twice. And every time in the final battle, he thought twice, I'm thinking he's thinking about his own family. You know, he's thinking about, am I going to go home from this? And yes. So you send black widow out on a mission and she has children that she's left behind, that is a very strong instinct. The mother instinct is a very strong instinct. And, and it, yeah, so you make it so that they can't have it, and then they won't, they won't be looking at it as something that's, that's a distraction. You know, children, the mothering instinct is a, is a strong distraction, for sure. Okay? I'm willing to run with a little bit of that, although that being the graduation ceremony just doesn't make any sense to me. 
but they turned her into she's the one who gets captured she's literally i mean she's princess peach or whatever you know from mario where you know all the guys are trying to come and save her and yeah she still has some kick butt sequences but i hate that they let ultron capture her ultron should have captured hawkeye Hawkeye's the guy that we don't want to get killed because we've seen his family and it'd be a nice twist to have Hawkeye in the jail and have Black Widow rescue him instead of having Banner rescue Black Widow because as soon as Banner rescues Black Widow, that means that Black Widow is Banner's love interest and not that Banner is her love interest. Put Banner in the cell, put Hawkeye in the cell, have Black Widow save them and have her in the position of I'm rescuing you, have her in the, the the alpha position there in that rescue situation. It just really bugs me that you've taken someone who we watched in Captain America the Winter Soldier and just really come to appreciate between the three movies she was already been in, you know, we've come to appreciate her as Black Widow. But in this, it's I want to be your boyfriend. Bruce, I mean, I want to be your girlfriend, Bruce, but I can't be because, oh, and now I'm sad. Her character arc is opening up to someone. I'm good with that. Her character arc is losing the person that she's opening up to. I'm good with that, too. I just hate that they turned it into the romantic relationship, and I hate that they turned it into something that we've avoided up until this point where she's the one pairing off. She's been flirting with Captain America. Why? Because they're good friends. And I'm not expecting them to be an item. Why is she not an item with Hawkeye? Because Hawkeye has a wife. And not only that, Black Widow is part of the family, so to speak. She has those two kids who look up to her as, as their aunt. I just... I don't like what they did with her in this movie. They gave her some good moments, but I was really surprised to see her. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I could not believe it. that They actually had her be the damsel in distress and that her character arc was, Oh, I can't be in love with Bruce Banner because he flew away in a Quinjet. So that's my problems with, with black widow. All right. Are you done? I'm done. Did you hear did you hear the chair come back up? Because I, I, I literally sat back and I, sat I back and relaxed. I did, I did, and I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I may be way off base, but my daughters watched Avengers and they liked Black Widow. My daughters are going to watch Winter Soldier, and my one daughter has watched Winter Soldier, and she liked Black Widow. And in this movie. It just it makes her into something that she's still a role model. But again, you know, there's a problem with that whole sterilization thing where is that where your value comes from being able to be a mother? And beyond that, her value to the plot is as a romantic subplot. And that's I thought that Joss Whedon, you know, because there aren't any other women to really do anything with as far as giving a real character arc to. And so I, I would have not, I, I just didn't expect him to, to take the trope and, and to go with the cliche of the two teammates. 
I just didn't expect it. And, and maybe I'm, I'm being too harsh. Um, it just really bothered me. So fantastic movie, but there's just those couple things that bothered me. And this is one of them. So you're a lying liar who lies. You said you were done and I had sat forward. I know, I know, I know. Here you are. You're sitting forward, mouth almost to the microphone so you can talk. And then I cut it off again and made it into another half rant. You made it kind of weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So did we talk All about right. Hawkeye yet? I forget now. No, we haven't talked Hawkeye. <sighs> and really to me, Hawkeye's the emotional part of this movie. I had two favorite parts of this movie. And this is one of them. When we see this revelation, it was just like, a, oh, man, this is cool. This is really interesting. You know, we have this hidden thing that we didn't know about him. This is awesome. It's nice. It's a quiet moment. And I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was good. It sets him apart from the other guys on the team. It sets him apart from everyone on the team. Yeah, I mean, he is the family man, and he's literally a family man. This is a guy that you could go down and hang out with. You could go to Grill Fest with him. Totally. This is a guy who is you know, fighting Ultron on one day, working on his dining room the next day, fighting Hydra the next day, and then going to the PTA meeting on the next day. It's good Absolutely stuff. Absolutely true. Good stuff. And it gives him something to fight for. And at the same time, raises the stakes for him when you're going to – is he going to die? You know, you thought he was going to die. I, I didn't. Uh, well, I said they made us think he was going to die. Oh, well. It gave him, like I said, when he comes off, he's off the, the city. He's on one of those lifeboat things. And he realizes there's a child who needs help. And he just gets this look on his face like, I got to go. I got to go. And what is he doing? He's going to rescue a child for someone else's you know, because that child is is someone else's son, and it just brings up to you know for that moment for him. There's there's added depth, and and I, I again I, I like what they do there. I, I like that he has that safe house. They they do some neat stuff with that. Family man, family man. I loved it. I loved how they used him. And that's the one good thing that I like out of Black Widow's arc in this is that she can't have the family that he has, but she has the friendship with him, and he has the friendship with her, and she has a friendship with Laura. Is it Laura? And Linda. And Laura. Linda. Laura. Yeah. And I think it establishes that there's never been anything romantic between the two. I think so, too. Because Fury set this up when he joined S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So Natalie's known about this a long time. Nat. Nat Natalie. Yeah. Look at me going all the way back to Iron Man, too. Yeah. Nat has known about this for a long time. She's a big part of their lives. And I think, as you point out, they've been a part of hers. And so it really has been a band of brothers situation versus a Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation. I, I really think, too, that this is what enhances her arc for me, is for her to sit back and say, I can't have that. I can't have what Laura has. I can't have what Clint has. 
you know, I, I can't be the mother that has a father come home to them. And I can't be the working mother who comes home to her family. And there's some nice possibilities there that I think they could have gone to without the romance. But they had to do something with Banner. And I think the whole romance thing happened because they wanted to give emotional weight to Banner leaving. And I really think that they could have done the same thing with Helen Cho, but they it wasn't going to be as powerful, I guess, with <coughs> Black Widow. But. All right. Let's blow through these minor characters. Oh, War Machine. He actually got to fight. He got to fight. He got a suit. He's not Tony Stark. Would He's, like to be a little bit. He <laughs> he does have a nice moment at the beginning of the movie and at the end where he tells a story to Thor and Tony. And they're just like, that's it? You that, that, the, well, that's a war machine story. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a war machine story. Yeah. So that's then, right then he goes and tells it to a, you know regular people. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So it's good. Falcon looking for Bucky. He's yeah missing person missing person's mission. Strucker dead. Claw lost an arm. Set up for the future. Yeah, I, I think we'll be seeing him again in in a Black Panther movie with a some sort of prosthetic that might or might not be a cone, even though his name is Claw. And he Hill. has no claw. Anyway, yeah, Maria Hill working for Nick. Working for Nick. Yeah, yeah. The whole time she was working for Tony. We know from Tuesday night she's been negotiating and working with Phil mm-hmm. and telling him what to do. Yep. Fury. Fury. Got his finger and everything. <laughs> yeah. But not S.H.I.E.L.D. And not S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and it does seem in our new normal that Fury is working for the Avengers. Yeah, I think he's still running around behind the scenes taking care of things that need to be taken care of. Um Almost, you know, he's an agent of Shield, not director of it anymore. Like yeah. he he knows. Eh. Well, Phil's director. Don't don't be uh, jokey jokey I about am, that. I don't know if our new normal with Phil is that he's going to be director though. I think so. Let's go to our new. Wait, Selvig. He he's, he's helpful. Yeah, he's helpful. Okay, new character. So our our new. I do like how Maria describes her the twins. <laughs> He's fast. She's, She's weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, and maybe weird is a, just a great way to describe Scarlet Witch. They've MCU'd her by basically making her a telekinetic telepath, almost like a Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. You know, she can manipulate yeah. minds. She can read minds. In the comics, her powers are a hex power. They call it hex magic. Yeah, it's controlling a probability. Yes. Um. To make but unlucky yeah, things definitely happen. The same or, pro- yeah. Definitely not the same the same power as the comics. And I do think a good way to describe it is just to say she's weird. She can do things that are kind of scary. I mean, and, and it looks scary the way she does it. And, you know, here's the thing. we, we I didn't talk about this, but like the Hawkeye thing, I made it, it without being spoiled about Hawkeye and his family. And with, so did I. with Scarlet Witch too, there's things in the trailers and in the scenes that we've seen that were spoiled for us. For example, the hammer thing was spoiled, but the payoff for the hammer thing was not spoiled. The vision holding the hammer, my second 
you know, that and, and Hawkeye are my two favorite things. The other thing is Scarlet Witch. The scenes with Scarlet Witch in those trailers where she's doing her, you know, hand movements and, and red smoky stuff. When she's doing that stuff, it was not spoiled for me what was going on. And so when she was doing that stuff and you're seeing her in battle, I'm like, oh, that's it. That's why she was walking out that door dramatically in slow motion and waving her hands. <laughs> and it's it was great. Uh, it was great to be able to experience this movie, even spoiled as I was about certain elements of the movie, knowing basically what the, the primary plot was going to be. There was good stuff. And Scarlet Witch, her powers were one of those. That was cool stuff. And it'll be interesting to see how they use her in future movies. Um, and I'm curious, is she going to be in civil war? I don't know. I don't know. Her arc though, is she hates Tony Stark because his tech killed her parents. And they, they were in a, a, a demolished building for two days, looking at an unexploded bomb with his name on it. Yeah. That's terrifying. Tony Stark for two days was going to kill us. Mm-hmm. And, and that really is the dark side of Tony. And she turns around then and realizes that Tony is definitely the lesser of two evils between him and his son, Ultron. Um, and so she ends up joining forces with him. But there's a little bit of a redemption arc there for Tony. A little bit. Her arc and, and her brother's arc, Quicksilver, those two together give Tony a slight redemption but you realize the they don't really interact a ton. No, not not much at all. So, I mean, I want to say you're right about a redemption arc. I'm saying slight. Very but slight. It's, it's thin. I mean, the, really the only scene that they have together with significance is them telling them not to make vision. <laughs> yeah, which so, is anyway. <laughs> yeah. Don't create a weapon because your weapons are bad. Oh, you did it anyway. But Idiot. he's good. And I might fall in love with him. And, you know, Vision might, too. Because Vision and Scarlet Witch in the comics are an item. They've been married. They've, I think they've been divorced even, too. They've had kids. Have they? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. Here's the thing. Scarlet Witch. Wiccan. Wiccan is their kid. Oh, from the the kid Avengers or the new Avengers? Yep. Oh, huh. Hey, when you got probability powers, man, you can make things happen. Okay. All right. Scarlet Witch and Vision, from my childhood, the only thing I knew them from was my cousin's lunchbox. And I was looking at that and just thinking, who are these people? And he says, I think they're good guys, but her name's Scarlet Witch. I know them from the best kind of Avengers. What's that? West Coast. Closer to Disneyland. (laughs) Uh do you want you you brought it up i'm i'm going to refrain myself from talking about yeah let's refrain yeah so scarlet so witch is is part i was just going to say scarlet witch and vision are kind of in a um a clouded familiarity for me i do i have read things with them but they've never been characters that i've been really intimate with the way i am like knowing about spider-man or knowing about you know the original five event uh, x-men well, I just got done reading X Men Epic Collection, Volume Number One. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in it. Yeah, and that, all of that has come for me then later on, like in the last ten years, really. 
Uh, it does make me want to search out some of the like they have a couple collections about Vision and Scarlet Witch, and I want to see if my local comic shop has it uh, and, and read because I love what they did with Vision. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver then, and then Quicksilver, the other ha- the other twin, the other miracle. And I think you've got a question for me. Let's let's ask the question in a moment. Let's okay. talk about well, this, this movie right here. So he's got a chip on his shoulder, like Scarlet Witch. Um, he's angry. Mm-hmm. He is punny because okay. he keeps doing the. Uh, you didn't see that coming. Mm. He's a hothead, though not as much of a hothead as. Let's say a certain Evolutionary War Fantastic Four annual. <laughs> yeah, I don't like what some of the stuff with him in the comics is. He's an inhuman, but not because uh, he was a mutant. He lost his th- powers. I think he, I think he might be considered inhuman, an inhuman again because he went through the Terrigen Mists. Well, I think that they might have they might have reconned both. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver recently to make them both inhumans. Well, anyway, he's he's has he's always been a speedster, but he's been bad. Both him and Scarlet Witch have been bad guys, good guys, bad guys again. I, I've seen quicker speedsters though. Flash is faster. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment here. So, yeah, so Quicksilver, he's fast. He's brash. Uh, he hates Tony. He has a little bit of a. I mean, he. At the beginning of the movie, he knocks out or knocks down rather Hawkeye, you know, because he's really fast and Hawkeye's not. And so he's actually stopping Hawkeye from being able to blow up the bunker. And so there, you know, Hawkeye wants to knock him down a few pegs. And he does because he, he manages to catch Quicksilver by surprise by shooting out the floor beneath him. And it's a nice little moment where he looks over and sees the bullet moving in slow motion because that's how he's experiencing it, and then he falls through. Um, but then at the end, it's the moment with him and Hawkeye where he throws himself in front of a gun and dies. A true hero. And we feel for him. We really do. I, I did anyway. My my I, I barber did not, him. but I did. Um, it was a moment. It was a good moment, and it was a sad moment. And it was an earned moment, I think. Uh, and I didn't expect it. I didn't see that coming. And I expected Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver to be moving on into the next movie with us. Quicksilver. Yep. We barely. I expect them. that too. I expected them both to be Avengers. I did. So here's the elephant in the room. Here's the question. And we're going to ask it, even though I, I know there's some people who just say, why can't we all just get along? I'm going to ask the question, Daniel, which Quicksilver was better? Days of Future Past. No question about it. Nope. Uh, nope. 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 No question. He's funnier. Uh, the special effects scenes are set up better to highlight him more. He feels faster. Um, he's got a fresh-eyed optimism that I love. Where this Quicksilver is just—he's bitter. I understand why he's bitter, but I'm more attracted to the fun-loving, rascally thief yes. than I am this guy. Even though that Quicksilver really didn't have much of an arc, 
and this one nope. does. This one has a better arc, so to speak. And he works for the movie. He works fine for the movie. And we wouldn't even be considering, is he not as good as someone else? You know, if it was if he was the only Quicksilver, we'd be fine with it. But just nothing matches in all of superhero movies. One of my top moments is time in a bottle. And yep. I'm watching Quicksilver and the Avengers and just I'm thinking about Quicksilver and X-Men Days of Future Past. You know, I, I feel like I'm cheating no, I hear or you. something. I totally <laughs> hear you. But um, as he's he's trying to save the people on the train, I'm just like, time in a bottle. Nope, it's not happening. Nope. If not, I, not I could keep time in a bottle. Nope. Nope. Not nope. Not nope. But not to say it's a bad character. Everything nope. I say that's slightly negative about this movie does not stop this movie from being fantastic. When we talk about themes, oh my goodness, there's so much. And it's a popcorn movie with huge action set pieces, but it still manages to ask some quiet and interesting questions that I want to get when I get a good sci-fi movie. It's not 2001, thank goodness. It's exciting and has more than just one or two big ideas but there's some big ideas in this movie and so i'm saying quicksilver wasn't as good as in days of future past who cares he's still good he's good enough for this movie and that's that's saying something so he's not out of place all right who do you want to talk about next vision or ultron let's do vision because we've talked a lot about vision already so okay again anything else you want to add to him not a lot i mean i like what he is i like that he's this innocent uh, robot. I mean, he's this innocent artificial intelligence. Well, is he innocent? Because he seems to understand the world is more complex than we think it is. I think he's innocent because he's not a part of the complexity. He's not a part of the evil. He is on the side of life and there's really not a question so, for him. So when you say innocent, you don't mean naive. No, That's I do I not mean clear. naive. Which is, you know, the joke in the movie. And it's a fun joke. You know, I was born yesterday as Ultron is calling him naive. I'm not saying naive. I'm saying literally innocent. He's without sin. He is worthy of holding that hammer. And so he is able to just as simple and as as easy as pie, he's able to pick up that hammer. And and if they hadn't done that scene, I don't think we would appreciate him anywhere near as much. That was a perfect moment and a perfect scene. And it's so quiet but it's so surprising, and well, I can't and, wait to hear my son and his friends freak out about that moment. And it takes care of so many arguments in a good way. They're not going to debate whether or not he can be part of the team anymore. He picked no up the way. hammer. No way. And here's the thing. you know, A lot of times when a movie or a TV show will try and introduce a character, they have to make the audience like the character because it's new. And so we have it in our show. We have Bobby and we had Mac and we had Hunter. And we liked Mac because Mac was friendly to Fitz, right? Well, with this, as soon as he does that, we're like, you know what? He's worthy. And and it's nice to have him be just a good guy. He is the son that Tony Stark wants. And when I say son, I mean he's the legacy that Tony Stark wants where he created something to do good, even though it has potential to do evil like a bomb. 
you know, which or or now where he's he's creating, you know, the the suits of armor. You, who do you put in the armor is going to determine what the armor can do, and it can destroy or it can build. And with Vision, he's created something that can destroy, but chooses to build. It chooses life. He's on the side of life, and great character. I want to watch the movie again just so I can catch more of those moments with that character. Oh, I've seen them twice. Yeah, that's yeah, brag, brag, brag. But so, what are your thoughts on Vision? You have anything more you wanted to add? I, I thought it was, I thought it was a very interesting way to MCU Vision. Yes, I like yes, the yes. fact that Vision makes it clear that he is not Jarvis. Yes, and you know, yes, Bettany was talking about the fact that uh, Kevin doesn't let you be two characters in the MCU. They did get rid of Jarvis. I mean, they replaced it with Friday, which I wasn't too happy about. I would have been happier with with replacing Jarvis with Pepper. Um, well, but Pepper's an active part of Tony's life. Well, but when he's used Pepper as an AI, the Pepper AI, Pepper was still a part of his life, too. Oh, was he? Was she? Here's but the thing. He boy, calls not, Pe- not doesn't like he call girlfriend. Pepper My Girl Friday? Yeah, he does. Okay, so it is Pepper. Yeah. Because that's well, what no, it's referring to is my man, my my. Mm. My Man Friday or My my Girl Friday because it has a female voice. Friday just didn't seem as good of an AI, as interesting as an AI as, as Jarvis did. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I thought they MCU'd, MCU'd him well. They MCU'd him logically. They didn't push too hard. And I do think, again, story-wise for our big overall arc in the Marvel Cinematic Universe – we don't need Adam Warlock because we have the, have him and he is the Vision. I think Vision is going to be a linchpin in at least the Infinity War movies that are coming up. Absolutely. So congratulations, Paul Bettany, from going from a voice <laughs> only to the linchpin of two movies. I, I – they I, they couldn't have introduced him better and they couldn't have gotten me on his side better. He is a – perfect character he's a character that i like and, and from everything we've read this was not the plan this was not the ever the original plan it's good stuff though yeah flip side can i talk about ultron yes i love ultron oh man and when i say love ultron i mean i don't love his motivations but i love the presentation hmm. i was expecting ultron to be a robot in the sense of an AI that was cold and logical and more Darth Vader than uh, the only thing that's coming to my head is Adam Sandler. Ultron's funny. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Well, just in the sense that Ultron is funny. He's hilarious. Yeah. You know, what's that? People have little people. Oh, the word has escaped me. You know, he's got... He's got emotion and he emotes and it's a CGI character. I mean, I look at him sometimes and he's expressing and he's an animated character. And the voice, I mean, it's done so well to match up with the visuals. It is Ultron may be my favorite MCU villain to date. And he's the one who's an animated character. I will agree. Although you say he's an animated character, he's an animated character in the same way Gollum was an animated character. Or in the same well, way Caesar 
in the Planet of the Apes movies was an animated character. There's motion capture by the actors in in the But I don't situation. even think it was Spader that did it. I think so. I do I think, think he was. I don't think Spader was there. Well, whether he was there or not, I think he was. But he definitely has a presence. And the thing is, you say maybe your favorite MCU villain. I think I would agree. Maybe my favorite MCU villain. I'm glad they killed him. I say he's my favorite, but at the same time, I'm so glad he is dead because they can't water him down. Oh, but and the thing is, is Ultron gets watered down all the time because you put him on a flash drive and then he shows up again. Here, but that's just it. That's just it. And, and once you do that, you start to lose the power and the import and the impact of the character. And in this movie, he is the perfect villain. He is the perfect foil for Tony Stark. Tony and Pepper are not going to have children anytime soon. Now, granted, there is the kid from Iron Man 3 who could become a surrogate son of some sort. But this is Tony's child. And he, they even refer to each other as, uh, you know, using language that implies a father and a child, uh, a maker and his creation. This is Tony's child that he has created accidentally, but he's created it. And it is acting like the worst of Tony. How do we keep people safe? By destroying people. You know, and so it's taking Tony. Tony is the vision and Ultron are the extremes of Tony where you have the one who wants to do good and the one who wants to destroy and Ultron is cocky. Ultron is funny. Ultron is, I mean, it's made in the image of Tony Stark and I love it. And I love that he's dead because he can't be watered down and brought back and defeated again. Because once you defeat a villain twice, they're not powerful anymore. They're not imposing anymore. He's imposing and man, he is an incredible character. And the movie is about Ultron and Vision. They're the ones who carry the weight of the story. They're the ones who carry the weight of the resolution. And that moment in the forest should have been an anticlimactic moment. It's quiet and it's wonderful. They have that beautiful conversation and then we don't even see him destroy it. He's just the flash of light and he's done. It's awesome. And it's, it makes the movie so good to me. And, and, Spader's awesome. He's incredible with that character. Incredible. It makes me want to watch The Blacklist. It makes me want to start watching it, yeah. Yeah, but I, and I, people who have watched The Blacklist say that in many ways Ultron is his character on yeah. Blacklist. <laughs> so maybe this summer. Mm, probably not. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, fantastic character. Fantastic villain. It's a thematic villain. And, you know, we have to get away from just the the opposite. So we, you know, because we could have had an opposite. We could have had the, the Avengers go up against a team of characters that are their exact opposites. 
and you know we get it in almost every superhero movie you get the opposite of your main characters in this case yeah they're opposite because our our avengers captain america and all them want to do good and and protect the world and vision wants or ultron wants to do evil and destroy the world but man he is it's brilliant and i love the brother idea of ultron and vision and and that they are they're they're the that coin they're the they're opposite sides of the same coin ultron you you say vision and thanos are life and death ultron and vision they're life and death here yep it's true so any, any more about about ultron no no i'm good Ultron is what makes this movie be top five of, of I mean, it, it's what puts this movie up in the ranks of, of one of, I'd say top three, even. I think I, we're looking I, at a top three thing here. If Joss is going to go out, this was going out well. Yes. Yes. Other than Black Widow was, was the misstep for me. But So let's talk about tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we do yeah. have a show coming up. But Hydra was pretty. Uh, she, uh, the Avengers, are pretty sure sure that Hydra's dead. They're pretty sure. They are, and fortunately, it's okay because in the shadows they have Shield, who's gonna gonna clean up the job. And, and and Coulson did. He did a pretty good job. I mean, the Avengers are out there attacking Hydra. Coulson's the one who cut off a whole bunch of the American Hydra's heads. You're welcome, yeah. Thor. I mean, but you know, with Hydra dead, this does give more time for board meetings. <laughs> it's true, and votes. Yeah, I think we're going to see Gonzalez actually taking a, a leadership position in an emerging of the pointy shield and curvy shield. I think they're going to merge. Well, it's there. It, it, We've got two we'll episodes see. figured out. Yeah, I can't believe that. Two two more weeks of our show. Um, okay, so Hydra, I don't know what's going to happen with Hydra in, in the terms of our show, but Strucker's gone, and he yep. was kind of the, the figurehead now you know, with, with Red Skull gone. And we think List is still out there. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? Yeah, well, we'll see tomorrow. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that have to be answered <laughs> about well, Hydra. And our team... Is Fury out in the open now? Or is he still hidden? He's still hidden, I think. I think he's going to be out in the open. Is Fury going to acknowledge the playground? I don't know, man. Uh, I think Maria Hill is going to be the one who delivers a message from Fury to say, Hey, play nice, everyone. You're both shield. You're both pretty. Hug it out. Yeah. And I mean, this new facility, we assume this is the thing that Colson was buying beds for. Yeah, I don't think this is the Theta Protocol. I think that it is a part of some of these secret things that he's been doing, though. And, I, and is, is Theta Protocol calling the Avengers? I mean, that's the impl- implication we got from last episode, right? Yeah, I think it was. Okay. I, here's the thing. With Winter Soldier, I think we knew... We knew what was going to happen next because we saw Hydra rip the heart out of Shield. Mm-hmm. 
tomorrow I think about the preview, I don't really see them related. I don't either. And so I don't know. I, I'm ready for, well, what's going to start in a few hours. You know, tomorrow is going to be a few a few minutes from now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, I'm, I'm looking at, though, here, and, and this is, again, what wags what? The dog or the tail? S.H.I.E.L.D. is the tail. It's not wagging the dog. And, uh, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show. And I, I just have a, a little bit of a problem here where he says, oh, Theta Protocol. Oh, you mean we should call the Avengers? But they'll be coming to the Avengers movie, and the implication is apparently they've been calling Theta Protocol a couple times because the Avengers have been out there looking for the staff. They've been working at this. This is not like, oh, we finally found it. Now we can call them. It's And, and so I wonder, ha, ha, have with the explanation, is the no prize that every little mini mission that they've gone on up until that point – been something that was actually um, ordered or or requested by by Coulson with Shield. I don't know, but the new facility is Avengers. But is this going to be something that Shield is going to say? Yeah, well, we're kind of we're the beneficiaries behind the scenes. That could be. Staff is gone now. Yep. So, Coulson, when he meets Vision, is going to say, yeah, you know, that thing in your forehead was used to kill me. Bomb, bomb, bomb. All right. So, finally, finally about S.H.I.E.L.D., what do you think about Cap's line? This is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be. I thought it was a great line. I mean, that's true. That's the S.H.I.E.L.D. that Cap signed up for. The protectors. It's bittersweet because it means, you know, the way Cap is talking, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s gone. This is what it should have been. And but he's he, helping to build that now, yeah. what it should have been. Yeah. All so, right. Man, we, themes, got a, buddy. we got a bunch of themes here that I... Father, sons, brothers. Yeah. One thing, this is kind of a, a thing that gets brought up a lot in, in my line of work with... Uh, you know, working with families and working with people and, you know, in, as a as a children's pastor, really. But the idea of hurting people hurt people. Yeah. And that's, that's huge there. there with Ultron where he is hurting. That's what sets him off on this course that he's going on. And as a result of that, now, he was born the, yesterday. The, the age of Ultron, I have to do the joke now. The age of Ultron is really only about six or seven days, right? Am That's I right? True. The age of it's Ultron? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Okay. But, um, I mean, he's, he's born and he's born insane, you know, and so, but he's, he's in pain and, um, then there's the idea of peace and what is peace? You know, Ultron even says you're confusing quiet with peace. You're confusing things not happening with peace. Um, the value of life, what makes life, is vision alive? He's on the side of life. He has free will. But is he an elevator? Well, that's just it. That's a, that's a perfect way of putting it, Daniel, is you know you put the hammer on an elevator, the elevator can go up and down and lift the hammer. So, yeah. And then... 
I think I'm going to there's there's the idea of monsters versus heroes and trying to prove that they're not monsters to prove. But then there's also this thing where I love this line and and I don't know if you have any more themes, but this is my final theme here. Um no, two final things. One is you want to protect the world, but you don't want the world to change. You're just trying to leave the world the same way it is, only safer, more protected with a shell instead of changing the inside. You're just putting a thicker shell. And then um, where they're talking about how do we deal with something like an invasion from outer space, and Captain America says, together. And then Iron Man says, we'll lose, and Captain America says, we'll do that together too. And that is, I mean, that's that's the epitome of a team movie, is that they have to work together. So. Well, and I do think the final theme is Iron Man 3. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got to stop, don't I? <laughs> oh, poor Iron Man 3. Poor Iron Man 3. So much potential. I liked it. I did. Yeah. It's no dark world. <laughs> all right well man shall we plunge forward yeah we've we've almost hit the running time of the movie but we still have one more part we have to do with this episode are you ready yep let's do it shield field report now we did receive a um an audio feedback from agent verity and we're going to play that in our next feedback episode i just have to change the file format and didn't have time to do that right now but we did get your feedback we're going to use it as soon as we can um i just haven't had a chance to to play with that beyond that we did also get an email from agent mark whose subject line is one door closes and age of ultron uh this is coming from someone from across the pond and so he writes, I have to admit, up until this weekend, I've been more disappointed with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than a convention of Sorbos. And let me tell you why. <laughs> disappointed! Uh, in the U.K., we are around four weeks behind our American cousins. We did not even receive Agent Carter <gasps> on any channel. If there is a tie-in episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we won't know <gasps> for weeks. And the episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have been lackluster since the break on scale with Gotham, but not as bad as the 100. I don't know what the 100 is, but... It, it was a sci-fi show. Okay. Um, Go ahead. He, uh, he totally he, needs to immigrate. <laughs> well, he, join us he over here. He has a list of grievances here, you and know, they're legitimate. You know, we have a superhero called the Iron Patriot, and you could become the uh, Iron Expatriate. Um, it says, all this made it a mess... Uh, not just a chilled mess or a tepid mess, but I'm sure Ang- Agent Daniel knows the type of mess I speak of. Oh, I do. But I have turned a corner this weekend, and let me tell you why. One Door Closes was a great episode, and not only with action, but with direction for our crew. I'm sad that fake real S.H.I.E.L.D. has Bobby, but I live in hope that Agent Daniel is right about her being a triple agent. Sky going to her people is exciting, and Colson Hunter team up is whetting the appetite. We in the U.K. now have Age of Ultron. <laughs> And along with child number one, I watched it this afternoon and I enjoyed it. I was worried that it would be overly dark as the first creepy trailer seemed to indicate, but it was a lot of fun with action from the start. I won't spoil it for any of you, but the scene with Howard, the duck and Rom helping the window cleaner was worth waiting through 20 minutes of end credits. Plus a cameo from diary of a wimpy kid. Did you catch that cameo? I read this email before I went and saw the movie 
And then when I came back and I was reading this, I realized, oh, because the one kid was reading that book. Anyway, yeah. he said, I will leave it until you guys have seen it so we can talk about it on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, connections. So I'm back on board and enthused for the remainder of the season. Agent Mark, Agent by Day, Cabaret sing- Singer by Night, Underwater Explorer on the Weekend, and Demon Slayer every third Wednesday. He's also the host of a podcast that he calls Mark's Mess that they do. They've done two mini series. One is Mark's Mess versus uh, the Evolutionary War, actually. And then the other one is Mark's Mess versus Atlantis Attacks. Two well, great comic book podcasts. While you're watching podcasts. that, I, listening to that, I'm entirely more interested in his World War One podcast. Yes. Where he's literally reading his grandfather's letters from 100 years ago. Yeah. So that was that bit of feedback, and I don't know if he's actually going to be able to listen to this episode of the podcast until he's seen the tie-in episode, because I don't think we spoiled too much from it, but... Well, at least it's creeping up on him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Did you have the one from Agent Diana? I do. You're totally not going in order. Oh. <laughs> I might have sent it you in the wrong order. Thoughts on Avengers Age of Ultron. Spoilers. Hello, agents. I just got back from seeing Age of Ultron. Overall, I really enjoyed the movie, but I felt let down by the way Black Widow was handled in the film. I was already already wary of the idea of a romantic subplot for her, as I really like that up until now she has always been positioned as a fellow soldier slash spy who just happened to be a woman and not as a love interest for one of the male leads. Amen, Diana. Both Kevin and Joss had promised that Black Widow would have an important role in Age of Ultron, and I was disappointed when I realized that it was, this is what they meant. Amen, Diana. If Marvel won't give Black Widow the solo film she deserves, is it really too much to ask that when she is given a plot line of her own that it isn't about trying to land a boyfriend? Amen, Diana. Hey, did you see Saturday Night Live did the trailer for the Black Widow movie, by the way, Ben? This is me talking Daniel. I did. It was fun. Okay. Seeing the Natasha Banner romance play out didn't make me feel any better about it. The Beauty and the Beast-style love story with Natasha serving as the gentling voice on the Hulk was such a bizarre place to put a character like Black Widow. And I was particularly horrified by the scene between Banner and Natasha when she told Banner that her trainers in the KGB had sterilized her as the final touch of turning her into a monster. I understand why the KGB would want to present their assassins from having children, but the way Natasha talked about sterilizing women as a way of making them colder and more brutal was startling. The idea that a woman's capacity for warmth and compassion is in any way related to her ability or desire to be a mother is an offensive idea, and frankly one so dated that I wouldn't have expected it to pop up in a movie in 2015. Also, do they really have to lock up the only female Avenger in a cage requiring her to be rescued? Amen, Diana. Ultron's base was already in Sokovia, the first place the Avengers would have looked for him, so the plot didn't require her to be there. Good Hey, can I comment real quick? Yeah. uh, To the whole she can never be a mother thing because she's been sterilized, the thing that keep popping into my head, she could adopt. Yeah. I mean, just because she can't have a biological child doesn't mean she can't give warmth and love and comfort to a child. Well, and she does have children in her life yeah, that are important to her. Um, I, I do think that 
I'm just saying I I recently I have a couple that are acquaintances on Facebook and they've recently adopted and I look at those pictures and it's really not like and I'm holding this child far away from me because I don't have any love for it because it's not mine. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I mean my thing is adoption is an intentional thing and so I can understand the whole idea behind why the KGB did this in their Black Widow program because it causes them let me put it a different way adoption like I said is intentional and it requires you to say I am going to do this and have this relationship with this child pregnancy isn't always intentional but when you do have a child intentional or not when they're born usually there is a mighty bond between them and that would hold back and, and cause them to, you know, say, second-guess things. Like, I was watching Hawkeye and thinking he was second-guessing things every time he would do something dangerous. And watching the Avengers again after this movie, when he jumps off the building with that arrow with the rope, I'm thinking, okay, he's doing this because he's trying to save the world for his kids. You know, so maybe he's not second-guessing that, but he's definitely, that's a motivating factor for anything he does in, in the other movies where we've seen him. Except for in, she, in Thor, where he thinks about maybe shooting an arrow. He's not she continues. Yeah. I did really like Natasha's scenes with Hawkeye's family, though. We didn't really see much of those two as partners and friends during the first Avengers film. So it was, a nice, it was nice actually seeing evidence of the close bond they have. I really like that Natasha not only knew about Barton's secret family, but that his wife and children considered her to be part of their family. Go ahead, say amen to that one. Babe. Amen, Diana. On another positive note, I really enjoyed Ultron as a character and thought he was one of the best villains Marvel has ever had. He was just the right blend of humor and menace, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked the vision. I gasped out loud when he was able to pick up Thor's hammer. It was a good, succinct way of proving that we could trust his character, and it was good fodder for jokes later between Thor, Steve, and Tony. Thanks for the podcast. Agent Diana, that was an excellent Excellent email. I would say it's an excellent email because it's like you just reached in and scooped thoughts out of my brain. I I want to have conversations with you, Diana, at conventions because, yeah, we're on the same page. gross when you talk like that. Well, you know, I'm a writer. I like to paint pictures with words. Uh, Let's see. Why don't you check out on Facebook because I think we had a, a Facebook message while I read this one from Agent Dylan. Uh, <laughs> uh, subject Avengers Age of Ultron Agents Raina may have exaggerated things a bit <laughs> I have yet to see how the world has changed forever uh, this is Ben speaking yeah she also said I see our cities burning um, there's really only one city and it wasn't really burning too much but uh, then he goes on to say, a couple points. Theta Protocol equals calling Avengers to retrieve the scepter from Hydra. The scepter was apparently used in lieu of a diviner. Okay. Was that list? Wasn't there supposed to be a Coulson cameo? I was expecting Fury to reveal him as Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. during the tractor scene. Heck, Sky could have helped with the whole vibranium drill thing. Apparently there's going to be an extended cut of the Blu-ray, so we have that to look forward to. With Loki, uh, Ben speaking here, I've heard a three-hour cut was what his original cut was. And yeah, they filmed a scene with Loki that they didn't put in the movie. Uh, Back to Agent Dillon. So they killed off the Maximoff in the X-Men movies. (laughs) Uh, Didn't see that one coming. (laughs) 
Speaking of the Maximoffs, it's interesting how this could fit with my idea of how they could reconcile this universe with the X-Men movie universe, wishful thinking, and that they could make Peter the father of Pietro and Wanda, and that his wife would have then have been have to be an inhuman. I guess they moved back to the old country, perhaps for a mission. I don't know. It would be a way to weld canon, please. Anyone else disappointed that this movie didn't shake up our show as much as Cap 2 did? Or that they replaced Avengers Tower? What was that all about? Saw Hulk Widow, a.k.a. Bruce Tasha, <laughs> coming since Avengers 1. I have attached an updated version of my identi- uh, Infinity Gem chart, which has now been thrown off by the Mind Gem being yellow, thus forming a cycle of four, four gems, awkwardly leaving the Time and Soul Gems on their own. So he has the reality that's kind of... He sent us a good picture of, of the different gems from the different places. So mind gem, throw it up. The mind gem picture is actually of <laughs> Vision's uh, forehead. So, But he, he's been kind of tracking them along there. So, uh, Did you find the, the Facebook message? Well, I found one from Agent Tyler. I also found one from that encouraged us to do a Firefly podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, go ahead and, and do Agent Tyler, and then we'll we'll, we'll do that other one after I do uh, Agent uh, Agent uh, Jessica. Agent Agent. Oh, excuse me, not Agent Tyler, but Agent West. I saw Agent Age of Ultron Thursday night, and I was. Am I about a? I'm about able. <laughs> I'm about to explode. First, the Agents of Shield tie-in was incredible, and I felt a lot more natural than the Winter Soldier. When the AOU starts and the first thing you see is the Scepter, it tr- just truly feels like a continuation from Tuesday night. Also, I think it's pretty clear that the Theta Protocol was the Avengers training facility evidenced by the bunk beds that Coulson was buying. Back to Tuesday's episode, I like when Coulson referred to them as enhanced people rather than powered people. Mm-hmm. Then in the beginning of the film, when Quicksilver shows up outside, Cap says, we have enhanced on the field. It was a tiny but nice touch. As far as the film goes, it was excellent. I loved Ultron and his attitude. The vision was incredible. We all saw the gag in the trailers of everyone trying to lift the hammer, and it was fun in the movie as well. But then using that to add significance to the fact that vision could lift it was brilliant. Finally, for whatever reason, I was far too excited to see the young curly-haired guy on the helicarrier with fury. This, of course, being the same kid that stood up to Rumlow and Winter Soldier and refused to launch the helicarriers. All in all, it was an excellent time, although I feel the movie does not have a broad appeal as the first Avengers. Hmm. I feel like a lot of the movie requires not only some prior knowledge of certain characters, but heavy investment in the MCU overall, contrary to what Joss said about it being a standalone. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you two and everyone else thought. I'll end the best way I know. Avengers, uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. This movie does stand alone, but you really do. If you've watched all the other movies since 2008, you're going to get a lot more out of it. I think. Yeah, I agree. Agent Jessica writes and says, Hey guys, while that was a packed movie, I am not going to touch on everything, but wanted to comment on a few things. I saw it in IMAX 3D on Thursday night, and again on Friday with different people. Oh, this is good. Um, 
because we both saw it in two dimensions. Uh, the, the 3D was okay. I mostly wanted to see it in the huge IMAX format. The audience was very energetic and quite a few people dressed up, which made it even more fun. Probably the most memorable moment for me was when the Vision shows up holding Thor's hammer. Pretty much everyone in the audience gasped or made some sort of exclamation of shock, including myself. It was a really cool moment in a movie full of really cool moments, and I loved it. How does the vision in the movie compare with the vision in the comics? Uh, it was nice to see some of Hawkeye's story with meeting his family and getting to hear some great lines from him, which helped make him a more likable character. I knew that they were going to spend more time on him in this movie since he kind of got shafted in the last one. Shafted? Get it? Because he shoots arrows. I don't think that she was intending that, but I, I should go back to the actual email here. Uh, but I really didn't know what to expect. I liked meeting his family and finding out that he has a family along with most of the team. I think it also added to the Hawkeye and Black Widow friendship character background, seeing that she was anti-Nat. I think that's what the title, I think that's what the little girl called her. I really enjoyed it. Seeing more of Black Widow's past makes me want a movie even more than I already did. We had some nice hints at a possible background that could be in Agent Carter, and what we ended up getting in this movie fit nicely with the pieces we've been given before. It was quite sad to find out the graduation ceremony, but it also gave another layer to her character. I'm not a huge shipper of Black Widow and Hulk, but I enjoyed what they did with it. I felt like there wasn't a really cool standalone fight scene with her in this movie, but a lot of character moments that I enjoyed. I thought the MCU version of the background for the twins was interesting. I was surprised that they actually volunteered for the experiments, but I liked that Captain America pointed out to Maria Hill that he essentially did the same thing that they did. They seemed... Uh, that's a good point, actually. Uh, they seemed to be more motivated by revenge than Rogers was, but his comment got the point through that their decision to go along with the experiments were understandable. I really liked Scarlet Witch, and I thought the actress, Elizabeth Olsen, did a great job. I'm excited to see her in the next movie. I was kind of surprised that Quicksilver died, but I guess they had to lose somebody with... the. the I guess if they had to lose somebody in this movie, then he was the best one to lose since we aren't attached yet. I was a little confused about the whole Thor thing with him seeing the Infinity Gems and knowing stuff about Vision. Uh, that's actually a good point. I'm going to come back to that. What was the cave that Thor went to with the pool of water, and how did Dr. Selvig know about it? That's I may have why. missed something. That's the YMCA, man. <laughs> I may have missed something, but this was something from Norse mythology, so that's why he knew about it? I was also wondering, was this something that happened in the comics, or is it just something for the movie? Now on to Scarlet Witch and making people see their fears. What was Cap's fear exactly? What I got out of it was that he was afraid for the war to be over because he can't go home and doesn't know where he would fit. Am I thinking about that right? Also, Thor seemed a little odd, but it looked to me like Thor was afraid of not being a good leader and that he would bring his people down a bad path. I could be way off on those, but that is what they both looked like to me. Natasha seemed pretty straightforward, and I thought it was great character insight, like I mentioned before. How close was Scarlet Witch in the movie to the version in the comics, other than the origin story? It seems like they portrayed her powers pretty close to what little I know about her, but what about what are your thoughts? Either way, I think she's an interesting character with cool powers, and I'm excited to see more of her in the future. Lastly, that new Avengers facility was pretty interesting, and I thought it was an awesome way to end the movie. I think it's cool that Cap and Natasha seem to be the main trainers, makes the most sense. When Cap said, Avengers... And then they cut away before he could say assemble, assuming that's what he's going to say. It made everyone in the theater audibly moan in disappointment that they didn't get to hear it. I thought it was funny, though, and the whole facility thing made me excited, although I was slightly disappointed we didn't see Trip there somewhere. It was a great movie. Better on the second viewing, actually, and I can't wait to see it again. So a bunch of questions here. We'll have to address some of them fairly quickly. Like, uh, how Well, does, and I think we addressed some of them in the episode. Yeah, how does Vision and Scarlet Witch compare to the comics? We, we talked a little bit about that. Um... There was the 
there was something I wanted to comment on here. Oh, I was glad actually that you sent this email, um, Agent Jessica, because you do disagree with me about Black Widow and uh, the relationship stuff there with with her and and Hulk. Um, just to get someone else's else's thoughts there about that. Um, and then the whole Thor thing. He he says what that pool is at one point, and yeah. basically in every planet, in every realm, there is this pool mm-hmm. of of visioning. Yeah, Cap Sphere. I think you're exactly right about not going home. He can't go home and doesn't know where he fits in, and he's a soldier who doesn't have a war. Uh, well, he'll have a civil war to come up, but you know he doesn't know that yet. So, but by the end of the movie, I think he's accepted that he's a soldier. And maybe the fact that she points out he doesn't want the war to end, maybe his comment at the end about, you know, that guy didn't didn't come out of the ice. Yeah. Maybe that is his point is he, he now knows he is a soldier. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the last little bit there. And I think we'll uh, we'll wrap this episode up because we have surpassed the running time now. So. Oh, by the way, Agent Samantha thinks that we should consider a Firefly podcast since there was up to 12 firefly references in age of ultra i wish she would have said what they were so there's your homework agent samantha give us the list they counted 12 12 i didn't count any of course i wasn't looking i wasn't looking for them so yeah yeah all right daniel i think that's just about it then I think um, I can't feel my legs or my arms anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling too good actually after this entire episode. I mean, Daniel, I mean, I can't actually throw up in my mouth, but if I could, I would do it. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level Seven. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at one seventy seven fifty five the word level, and then the number 7. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. 7 is spelled out. Follow us on Twitter where we are level 7 pod. 7 is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcome to level 7.com. 7 is spelled out. Visit our website, welcometolevel7.com, for news, reviews, and links to our RSS feeds. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, jsearls.bandcamp.com. And again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. I'm going to make this short, Ben. Make it short. What's your theory? Candidate number two for the Peter Parker role is? in Civil War. And again, remember, I'm two Daredevil episodes short, so I could be proven wrong. But uh, Matt Murdock, hmm. because we've we've got ten episodes. I'm assuming we don't know his identity at the end of the series in the general public. But we've had a lot of time to build emotional attachment to Matt. So Netflix, bring it into Civil War. And let's bring the emotion through there. So there's my my two candidates. I brought one up earlier. Hawkeye, second candidate, Matt Murdock. I don't think that we're going to see the Netflix people on this big screen until Infinity War, though. 
but yeah, I could. S- I mean, that would work because we spent we spend thirteen episodes with. Uh, I'm giving with these Matt ideas Murdoch. for free. I am, <laughs> and we have to we have to have emotion behind the unmasking. Whoever gets unmasked, we have to be emotional about it. All right. Well, that's our post credit then. More than hey, you. I'm going to go sleep for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Later, man. Later.